Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. And I just turned it with that old man. This is what I am. What I am. Understand, I don't give a damn. This is who I am. Still pumping, sold on the culture. You know that my doja culture game over, soldier. I'm cooling. Be on the sofa. Two niggas are and I'm the soldier. Well, do it right. Uh, of course, unless you're not listening live. Uh, this is the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast Cast. It is uh, Wednesday, September 27th, 2017. I'm your host Travis Bryant, and with me, per usual, is my main man. Cameron Hawkins, uh, Cam, what's uh, what's happening? What's going on, man? Not too much. How are things? Everything's everything's good. Everything. Are you on um, Bluetooth or speaker? Yes, because I have a yeah. hand. Uh-huh. I both hands on the steering wheel like a responsible driver. Okay. All right. Well, I'll. Uh, and we'll deal with that. <clears throat> um, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's time to talk some wrestling. It's time to talk some talk some talk, talk that talk that talk. Uh, we've got some topics. We've got some shows and angles and follow ups on ang- follow up on angles to to talk about. So um, yeah, let's get to it. So first, let me give out the pertinence. Before we get going here, if you want to call into the show and talk directly, directly to Cameron and myself, hit us up on the Constellation lines. Give us a call at uh, 347-202-0103. Once again, that's 347-202-0103. If you can't call us, you can always shoot us an email anytime during the week, anytime during the show. The mailbag is always open and constantly being refreshed. So hit us up on the email tip at eastcoastaudioshow at gmail.com. Eastcoastaudioshow at gmail.com. And you can also find the show on Twitter at eastcoastcast, twitter.com slash eastcoastcast. You can find my personal Twitter at travlord. And you can find Cam at Seahawk. Uh, we've got some interesting talk. Oh, or that's C-E-E Hawk, by the way. Uh, we've got some interesting uh, conversation going on on the uh, on the Twitters. Uh, talking about uh, this week's poll, which was which was an interesting one. I mean, you didn't have to. It was certainly timely and everything, like totally. But like like. The company themselves, like you know what, yeah, so a little bit. 
<laughs> yeah. No, but just like putting them in that position to even be a poll based around them. I mean, a lot of stuff happened that we can talk about. So, but but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, those four yeah. people will never all be on the same poll ever again. Like if anything, anything anybody makes, those four choices will never be on the same poll ever. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> and again, we'll get to that in literally just a bit. Um, so, um, oh, oh, so. So yeah, so Twitter you can find us uh, at East Coast Cast at Traveler at Seahawk and uh, Facebook. That's the last bastion of Get Adage. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash PWTorch East Coast Cast. Uh, if you got an article or meme or something cool to share, you can share it with the group over there. And uh, yeah, so yeah, so find the page, like the page, share it on your timeline, tag your wrestling buddies in it. Tell them to like the page. That whole deal. So yeah, Cam. Let's uh, <clears throat> let's talk about this uh, this poll and rest of the headline or headlines for the week. This is kind of a thing where I've never been more absolutely sure that the poll is not the headline of the week. Like this is not the biggest thing going on, but to me it was one of the most interesting because. It, it it underlies something that we talk about a lot, and I think as far as as far as something we were really excited about, that being cruiserweight classic, followed by having a cruiserweight champion, followed by the advent of 205 Live, and the involvement of the cruiserweights on Raw. You know, we talked about what's good about the division, what's bad about the division, what can happen to improve the division. While running parallel to all that, uh, even if it's not the main thing we talk about, you know, we do talk about uh, Enzo and Cat uh, as, you know, both as uh, an act, um, a tag act, as solo wrestlers, and as personalities behind the scenes. Like, Enzo and Cat, for different reasons, are some of the most interesting and poignant things we can talk about because a lot of what we talk about is pulling back that curtain um, on, you know, the everyday working to wrestling and what happens beyond the show to make the show uh, go to make the show tick. So all of these things kind of converged at once. Um, Enzo Amore was left by Big Cass. Um, they were split up as a team. Enzo was, you know, put into a solo role as far as being, you know, Cass's, Foil for a while, and then he was moved to 205 Live. And the thing we talked about with him being on 205 Live was that, you know, he does not have the in-ring ability that his counterparts are going to, so how would they make that fit? Well, here's how they made it fit. They jammed that square peg into that round hole on Sunday night, and, uh, you know, Enzo Amore is the Cruiserweight champion with a a low blow and what I call a dirty pin, not dirty pin, but, you know, a, a low blow and a leverage pin to beat Neville for the Cruiserweight title. Um, and this poll did go up on Sunday night and not on Monday. Kind of played out. So the poll itself is, um, who's your least favorite Cruiserweight champion to date? I did have a write-in welcome to that. 
Um, and the reason that I listed yeah. like that, I didn't want to say, you know, who's the worst cruiserweight champion because time can't tell that. And my man, uh, my man Jay, who um, hopefully is listening, you know, he was like, I think it's a bit early to, to put Enzo out there like that. I told him, you know, this is why I worded it like that specifically because the, the other names that are listed on here, maybe with the exception of one of them, kind of elicited the same reaction. Like, what is going on? Why are they doing this? This is so disrespectful. Yeah. You know, things you heard right away. So, you know, and without, for various reasons. Like with uh, the, the the four choices, or or the other three choices, I should say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, the choices were crowbar uh, with Daphne, which I <laughs> I guess. So what? Um, they were code uh, cruiserweight champion. Essentially, yeah. It was it was a mess. Um, like the crowbar fingers hold is strange, but um, yeah. So it was crowbar and Daphne, um, Ed Ferrara as Oklahoma. Corn Swoggle and the Well, Crowbar and Daphne either didn't bother people as much as I assumed it would, or people were tuned out of WCW by that point. Um, and, and, yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's funny. Like, they were tuned out of WCW at that point, but it's not like Oklahoma was on such a different time frame, such a different trajectory. It was roughly, you know, Within the same year, I want to say. But, um, no, Oklahoma um, won the poll with 36% of the vote. However, Hornswoggle and Enzo each finished with 30% of the vote. And this is with 286 votes. So, like, a lot of people are kind of equating those two things. Like, and, you know, with all due respect to Hornswoggle, I think maybe it's a little unfair because, I mean, Enzo's, Enzo is credible in the sense that you can see him competing with the you know the majority of the roster, winning maybe not, but competing with them in a way that would right. be portrayed like, as for, comical. Whatever you think about him and his actual wrestling, like well, at least he is a, a wrestler. Like he does go out on the road and wrestle for you know for you know he does what everybody else does. Like maybe not at the level, but you know, uh, yeah, the other two like. Hornswoggle, obviously a little guy, and Oklahoma's a non-wrestler, so yeah. and and a, and a disrespectful spoof. He's literally a parrot. Yeah, exactly right. So yeah, I voted for Hornswoggle. I thought I didn't see Oklahoma. I didn't see Daphne and Crowbar. I certainly know about Oklahoma, and I and I totally get. I just was like, well, it can't. It just because of that wording, like, can't be my least favorite because I didn't. <laughs> Live through it. I've seen plenty of tape, and you know, or people talk about it in various yeah. forums. But again, like, oh yeah, that's a stupid, disrespectful thing. Again, I can't. I just, it just, just can't be my least favorite thing. So, so yeah. So it was really just hornswoggle. <laughs> it was, it was my only option because it's not not Enzo. That's just yeah, silly. Yeah, and think about it. Like maybe if. And, you know, a lot of the votes did come in after all. A lot of the votes are from the last uh, day, day and a half. So I think they did get a chance to see Monday night play out. But um, I don't know. It's it's try to talk about it because I'm trying to figure out if we appreciate what happened, like if we take that as a show of respect or, you know, are we being trolled massively? Like what, what, is, what is going on specifically? 
Well, I mean, I think people don't like Enzo. I think they've done a good job of turning, of of giving, of amplifying Enzo's go-away heat. Mm-hmm. Like, it's something that you should leave in the back and you deal with it. He's like, okay, well, fire him if it's a if he's a problem as a as an independent contractor. Like, you know, if he's not living up to whatever. Like, then then fire him, but don't bring it to TV. And in this instance, I guess after two more day after two days Raw and two hundred five Live, seeing how that played out, um. It's lessened, like, as far as, like, the, like, what the hell kind of aspect. It's like, okay, well, they're definitely doing, at least they're doing something with it. It's not the it's not the greatest because you have these conflicting, you know, like, <laughs> like Cedric uh, Alexander was, was, oh, wait, wait, was it him? Like, somebody was super hype. Um, oh, 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 it was Richard, uh, Rich Swan. Went after uh, TJP, and I was like, "Wait, wasn't you just standing on the stage, like, like in the line with them, like the whole that whole segment on Raw? Like, I couldn't. I know Swan was there, but NP, yeah, and they were like three people apart, like, fam. So that was like little stuff, but um, it still. I don't even know where I was going with that, but huh? I could still be. I was still. I I could could definitely see myself working with TJP. And having to go to the company function and then running up on him a couple of days later, I can see TJP. I'm just saying he was so intense on Tuesday, and it was just like, all right, it's just one of those things in wrestling. Like you just go, okay, okay, like I get what they're clearly going for, and okay, sure, but it's just a little hard to just be like, wait, last night, like. Yeah. Just, just you know, just yesterday, I seen you standing there. He could have been like, he could have made a point to go to the complete opposite, because CJP was, I think, all the way on the right when they were all lined up on the stage, and 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 Swan was like maybe four away, two, three, like three away. He could have made a point to go all the way to the other side. You know, let's fuck this guy, attack yeah. me, and all you know, whatever. whatever. I don't know. I'm I'm picking a nit, but still. Um, they they gave him some time to shine, and I I think the audience, if anything, should appreciate that. I mean, it might it wasn't the greatest thing. It was again some inconsistencies and just some little little things. Right. <laughs> like who typed up that agreement or whatever? I thought it was just going to be a verbal. Like, oh yeah, we all heard Kurt, the GM, say, you know, okay, there's the stipulation or there's the. Whatever. Who? Who? T- uh, it just seems weird. Who got a printer that's like got the the, the the NFC beam to the to your phone or whatever the technology is of the, the wirelessly print. Uh, so that's all. But yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, decent, I mean, nice. It's one. I hate to say it like this, but it was a nice little angle. And a decent yeah. little follow up. Yeah. And they and they yeah. give themselves I mean, some uh some up so a launching point as far as like the title itself and and contention and everybody beat them up so there is no challengers. To me you do yeah. that when there's somebody that's about to debut. 
You, you know, you set that up like, oh, nobody can take. Then you put them in a feud for however long, a month, three months, whatever, and then that new person finally wins the title. And that stipulation obviously then goes away. But with Enzo, who, like, even if somebody new or fresh debuted, you want Neville to get his revenge. Like, what? No, he got kicked in the balls and his title stolen from him. I want him to at least get it back and then go from there. You know, so they can't then debut somebody. And that's, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Cruiserweight, main event. And they, and they, boy, do they just point out, they're just like, you know what, we're just going to point out all the obvious. We're just going to be real counterproductive in a lot of... Yeah. Let's say all the bad things about you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like Enzo, and almost Enzo, instead of breaking the cycle, you know, it's like, why you got to be the the frat guy, you know, paddling the fret, whatever, pledges, freshies, whatever the fuck. You know, like, yeah. But hey, I got I got beat the fuck up and hazed and all that shit. You're gonna get it too. You know, he he kind of I think I think relished a little too much in that. And maybe yeah, just him being a side for him finally was probably cool. Like he's you know NXT guy from a year ago, so there's really nobody in the locker room um, aside from who, like the revival uh, for two years. They've been yeah, they came like up a little over a year. Oh, a year and a half, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been right after WrestleMania. Oh, they come up, uh, so it's been a year and a half. Yeah, oh, after that, oh, okay. that was April. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, okay. uh, what am I saying? So, uh, yeah, um, oh, okay. So, yeah, nobody's really, like, behind him as far as coming in except, like, the Revival, and I'm sure the Revival automatically gets a certain level of respect, you know, for their talent. You know, so he's still the young boy out there. Like, and the only thing he really has over the 205 Live guys is, in some cases, seniority, but also being, you know, main roster and having bigger segments. So it probably was nice for him to get out there and do that. Like, that's and that's not even an attack on his personality. Like you said, it'd be nice, you know, when he never. I'm being a little dramatic in that, like he is being, he's turning heel and being a piece a piece of shit. I, you know, I get that, but like they don't, you don't have to. (laughs) <laughs> it's just the always they take the, the the other route where they accentuate the weakness and instead of hiding it and, and accentuating their strength, they're like, nope, we're going to exploit this weakness for for not much gain. I think you can yeah. bust on you can bust on uh, Cedric in you know different ways, mm-hmm. and plus they only had one line for each. I mean, it didn't even have to necessarily ring true. I don't know. It's just. Oh, much. Well, you know what the issue is? Well, another issue with, with everything they did was, so, of course, Cruiserweight guys were getting uh, getting mean tweets from people talking about they were bullying Enzo. Like, this that's WWE's fault for perpetuating bullying themselves but also saying they're against it. So, a bunch of people getting together to actually, and it's again to actually like discipline somebody who's taken advantage of them and disrespected them, like was considered bullying. And I'm like, that's not how bullying works. Like he actually like disrespected what they stand for. 
think beating him up isn't bullying. And also, I mean, nobody pulled out a ladder. Nobody pulled out any chairs. They just beat him up like they do in wrestling all the time with everybody. Yeah. That was weird. But, like, that's, 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 more, that's more WWE's fault for not establishing what bullying actually is and, and, and actually bullying people <laughs> and, um, you know, making, making what they do on screen seem like bullying when that's not what it is. So it was, it was weird. Those guys shouldn't have to defend themselves, especially when at least that portion of the story was told correctly. Like, this is a guy who disrespected, um, you know, your title. Um, in a way that is below, might be below you guys, but it's especially below him because, you know, guys take shortcuts in matches all the time, but it's not because of their lack of ability. So, yeah, there was reasons behind that. And, I mean, I don't mind. And he disrespected uh, them personally in a lot of it. In, yeah, and then he said that to the next. And that's the thing, like, and somebody who I had different type of issues with was like, oh, so – him shouting insults is reason enough to attack him? Have you watched yeah, wrestling? Yeah, do you not ever? watch fucking wrestling? Is, like, what the fuck? This is literally the basis of what happened. Guy comes in the <laughs> ring, gets my problems. he has challenged him to a fight. Wrestling. But no, that, that more has to do with... That was Masako Ali being brown and having to have a kid. That's what that was really based off of. But that's another story we can talk about another time. But yeah, it was dumb, and... Yeah, but, um... I think Shouting as, a, so, as, a like, thing, <laughs> yeah, as a short-term thing, yeah, as a short-term thing, Sunday and uh, Sunday and John Cena seen at Kurt Angle for no reason other than ruthless aggression. He had ruthless aggression. Wow. Yeah. That was it. He smacked him. What the fuck? And a bad haircut. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I mean, oh, we'll talk about John Cena balding later. I'm sure we can get to that, but uh. That's probably the big story. All due respect to Braun and Brock. Um, yeah, Roman Reigns beats John Cena clean um, after John Cena ran his mouth for a month. Yeah, and 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 the follow up, you know, on talking Raw after right after the show, and mm-hmm. and um, and what they did on Raw on Monday. Yeah, in case you didn't know, they are very much in the Roman Reigns business. And they, you know, solidified that once again. Yep, put a stamp on it. Uh, <laughs> it's like a it's like a package that's you're just in mad uh uh off the, not on the same page with the post office or the delivery guy or whatever. So by the time after like the fourth time you get it, it's like got all the other Slips and stuff taped to it, just taped over, taped over, taped over. <laughs> delivery for Thursday, delivery for Friday, delivery for Saturday, delivery for Tuesday, you know. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, at least this time I think he has a bit better of, man, was that interview with The Miz good uh, as, I really as far as Roman Reigns goes. I, yeah, I like, really like Wait, somebody good. like. Like loosen him up, like I, I, if like okay, when I used to drive when I was a teenager, when I was like eighteen and nineteen, I would grip the steering wheel so hard, right? I just drove super tense, and a lot of that probably has to do with because my dad is the one that taught me, and he's just n- not a g- great teacher, and you know, it was, you know <laughs> unless you like getting, you know, it, it's just not great. 
Um, and it wasn't until one day my my supervisor at Domino's was like, hey, um, can you take my car and go um, go pick up my wife? I can't leave the store, whatever. And he had a, like a 96 Accord two-door joint, and it just was super low to the ground, and I got in it. And I felt super comfortable, and I, like, felt myself relax for the first time and, like, drive with one arm, you know, one hand, and, and just, mm-hmm. you know, from there on, it was just fine. It's like, I hope that's the moment. <laughs> this is that moment for Roman Reigns. Like, yeah. I don't I don't know what it was. He just felt looser and more, like, you always hear the stories, like, yeah, Roman Reigns, Joe, uh, Noy, he's a He's a funny, gregarious guy. Makes people laugh backstage. Uh, you know, mom jeans or you know, Jenko jeans and, and Steph Curry's aside, he's funny and you know, he's got comebacks and he's witty and all that kind of stuff. We never saw any of that because he just was so, so uptight and obviously super scripted. But yeah, I, I felt something different, and I hope, uh, I hope, um, I hope that's that continues. I'll be. Felt comfortable. I hope that was like, like, oh yeah, that was great. He just builds on that because that Roman Reigns, like, I don't, I won't need the Undertaker to finally get me to. Uh, uh, the Undertaker, you know, should have retired five, eight years ago. Undertaker hobbling his way to WrestleMania to get on a, a Roman Reigns' bandwagon, uh, or yep. John Cena to, you know, like, oh, I can just. Root for Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns is a cool guy. He's not, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, like kind of how it was in like 2013 when he was still a, just a cool guy. <laughs> All right, with you. Uh, guess we can open open things up here to the audience. Again, uh, hit us up on the Constellation Lines, if you will, uh, 347-202-0103. Uh, speaking of, if you will, so don't, don't, we, we got a—I don't know a ton about it, but except for the screenshots and stuff I saw from Twitter and whatever. But we'll have to uh, somebody bring up the uh, Bullet Club Raw stuff. And Rich just—well, he's there, but he's not. Doesn't have his hand yeah, up. Somebody. Sure, yeah, but but we'll open things up. We'll go out west and. Uh, Oh, maybe we'll get a we'll get an in person cor- uh, correspondence. Uh, our good pal Brian Austin, twenty six year pro wrestling torch newsletter and VIP subscriber, uh, was at SmackDown last night in I assume Phoenix or you know, somewhere near Phoenix. Uh, Brian, what's going wow. on? Hey, Trav. Hey, Cam. Hopefully, you both have a real good night. Thanks for having me on early, Trav. I appreciate it as always. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so uh, I had a good time at SmackDown. Like you were saying, Trav, it was not in Phoenix. It was one of the suburbs of Phoenix. But um, it's uh, Gila Bend Arena is actually right close to uh, University of Phoenix Stadium where the Cardinals play. It's a pretty built-up complex, not very far, ironically, from my house. But I explained a little bit this last night. I'm not going to repeat myself too much. Is that where uh, Gila Bend Arena is, it's really 13 miles from downtown Phoenix. So, and um, Phoenix is like a commuter town, meaning that most people have cars and things. And it's pretty tough to cross town at 440, 430, 440, 4, uh, 5 o'clock to get to a SmackDown taping on the West Valley where I live and where Gila Bend Arena was if you live in the east part of town. So I put a picture out there 
And uh, editor-publisher Way Keller retweeted, and I got like a million retweets of that retweet. But the hard camera side was pretty much totally, well, actually totally all, tarp, all tarped off. So there was nobody sitting on the hard camera side. Now, opposite the hard camera, I was like a roll over, so you really couldn't see me on camera. Uh, yeah, section over, I should say. You couldn't see me on camera. But, um, the, you know, the rest of the sides were filled. The lower bowl sides was pretty much filled. There were some, you know, um, some some deep, some pockets where you didn't see, where you saw some open seats. But as the night went on, the seats started filling up. The entire top part was tarped off, or there was nobody up on the top part besides, you know, the, the luxury boxes. So that's what it looked like there last night. So this whole West Coast swing the last three weeks, two weeks, however long they've been out West, has kind of exposed that. Like they're doing these live SmackDowns especially, and they're doing them live, and it's, you know, sun's still up, and it's still, you know, it's technically fall, sure, but, you know, it's it's still even, you know, warm on the East Coast. But uh, definitely out West it's hot, and the sun's up, and it's, yeah, this last this last swing, there's SmackDown when they used to come around for SmackDown, at least was taped, and they could tape it at you know seven, you know or six thirty or seven or something like that, and go to whatever till ten, nine thirty, ten o'clock, and that was fine. But having to do these shows live, so it's seven here. So yeah, it's. Is it five there when they when when SmackDown comes on? Yeah, it comes on. Well, uh, no, we do. They uh they um change the time, so it comes on at eight o'clock um, here in Phoenix. Oh, so they don't even. Um, Correct. We don't so have. We don't have. A, we don't so have a wait. So it's it, so it's shot live in Phoenix, and it doesn't even air until three hours later. In, in Phoenix or in that same market that <laughs> well, wow, you know, I didn't know on, that. Yeah, I, I guess that's commercial commercial. I guess that makes sense. No, no, no. I know how it works because I got kind of a East Coast bias. I could, you know, get everything first and live, and even in Central, it's even better. Even though I thought it was going to suck, but nope. Give me that hour. I'll start prime time at seven. Hell yeah. <laughs> I agree. And I'm an East Coast guy too. Uh, Detroit, Detroit actually is in the East Coast uh, time zone as well. But you know, I always like the sense yeah. that you get that extra hour there. Um, so, um, a couple things. I'm going to uh, jump off of wrestling for two topics real quick. First topic is that you know, there's sometimes I wish I could have more time to tweet or do something or talk about things because this Anthony Weiner. So you read that was uh, Monday maybe he got they, he got sentenced to 21 months for ultimately for sexting. Yep. Uh, a 15-year-old, I think. Teenage girl, teenage girl, yeah. Yeah. And just, to, you know, to me it's like the re- the reason why um, I would want to tweet about it, it's just that the downfall of a person, because I heard of him. You know, I'm a, a Detroit guy and a Phoenix guy, but, you know, listening to, like, national politics, I heard of Anthony Weiner, you know, because he's a New York guy. Of course, the New York markets run everything. I heard about him before as a, you know, U.S. congressman. So he was somewhat minorly familiar to me. And then, you know, to hear the first time it happened, then the second time, well, the first time. He was a bit of a firebrand, so he was a name mm-hmm. for sure. And, see, I've been, I've been on Twitter Twitter for, I think, after, like maybe since the first year it opened up. I remember reading an article about it way early when it started. So I was an early adapter to Twitter. And when he said, you know, hey, I 
somebody hacked me and I tried to do this or somebody hacked me and that's how I happened and that's how I got that picture happened. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, I kind of know Twitter and it kind of doesn't work that way. So when it's that first well, part got exposed, you know. You legit hack. <clears throat> Excuse me, try as I low key eat this oatmeal raisin cookie. Not so low key. If he was truly hacked, that that happens. Somebody gets your password and uploads uploads a picture uh, even of you. I mean, it's yeah, it's like a step and another step, and uh, but it's probable. It's not completely just unheard of, right? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, in, it's probable, but not impossible. So to take well, yeah, and it's, it's yes, and it's not plausible because it wasn't one. Of, it wasn't the first either. It, we and you know that whole hack stuff. It, it started, you know, it became a joke because of the likes of Anthony Weiner and things that other things that were going like on him. at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> I was hacked. I'm sorry about that. So, um, you know, it would be, to me, just interesting about just going over the entire downfall and how he just kept doing it. So, obviously, he's, you know, he's sick. He has a problem. I mean, the, yeah, uh, yeah the, the, the sex thing and all that is not necessarily, to me, until you start, do, you know, sexting kids, that's when it becomes, like, I would not vote. Like, for me, like, he's, like, a, a, a progressive and... You know, he has po- his politics lean my way, or not, not fully, but, you know, for sure, more than not. Uh, so I'm like, well, I'm not going to let personal sex stuff, sex scandal. Yeah, okay, I saw an imprint of his dick on, on the Internet. Eh, not, I, I, I still want that. I still want them, them zoning things and the taxes and all, you know, but... Yeah, when when you cross the line and you're, you're even the one when he had the kid in the bed is like a son. They were just hanging out, uh, you know, whatever. But it was just weird because it's Anthony Weiner, and and you're sending that to, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. That's when you start like getting heebie-jeebies and going like, oh, for fuck's sake, you can't just be a normal like scumbag, right? Exactly. Second topic, uh, off wrestling topic, I'm gonna talk about. So I was, um, I'm was in the Air Force only uh, nine years, but I enjoyed my service doing that. So I was looking at the Air Force's Twitter Twitter page, and so what they have on there in their Twitter Twitter bio is, followings, likes, links, and retweets aren't an endorsement. And so I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking that's exactly what they are. <laughs> they're endorse they're endorsements. If you follow somebody or you like something or you put a link to or you yeah. retweet it. <laughs> That's well, obviously an endorsement. So some people follow I, – I don't, but I can understand if somebody, one of us three, uh, followed Ann Coulter on Twitter. It's not – you don't endorse you, you just might want to rage hate her Twitter feed. Like, this bitch. Yeah. That's what we do in a lot of instances. <laughs> but – so in that case, following someone, sure, but like – I don't think I'm retweeting Ann Coulter, not even to go, look at what this bitch said. Maybe. Well, yeah. I don't know what's the point of following somebody if you're not going to. So, yeah, you know what? I, I talk myself into it. It's, yeah, you know what? It all, you're endorsing. <laughs> yeah. They all try to say no, retweets, and that's not, a, but but you're right. 
all of it. Retweeting, following, yeah. liking, yeah, parsing. So I'll uh, end up with three different wrestling topics. Two of them are pretty rapid fire. I talked about them last night already, but I'll give you a, a brief about it. So um, my prediction next week is that Dolph Ziggler is going to come out as Bobby Roode. Now, when um, Dolph came out last night as an undertaker for, like, the first gong, I was, like, you know, I was kind of a little surprised. Like, wait a minute, Taker's here? But then when I thought about frame of where we are at the taping, I totally. said, okay, it had to be Dolph. Yeah. So my the people and myself around, and we kind of, like, laughed about it a little bit. Like, that's got to be, you know, that's got to be Dolph. And then the funny part, too, is that you know that Taker's not going to walk that fast or, or, or walk that fast down to the <laughs> ring. It was, you know, wow. You know, it takes him five minutes. I think I did that on what? Maybe it was at WrestleMania. I think I hit like a timer, and from the maybe maybe not even the first gong, but by the time they showed him, the smoke came up. You can see him, and then saw him actually get into the ring and raise his hands. It was like five minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's my my prediction. Dolph will be up, um, Bobby Roode next week. Um, as far as and the other thing that I want to bring up briefly before I get to my question is that so when Kevin Owens ran up the stairs yesterday after um, not wanting to confront Shane McMahon, previous to that, um, I always sit in aisle seats because because of my long legs. I want to make sure I can stretch them out. So as the um, match started with um, Owens and um, Sammy, they started telling people they couldn't stand in the aisles. They actually started clearing the aisle, clearing the stairs, I should say, a little bit more. So the guy behind me says, hey, there's something going on behind us. And then we saw a camera up there, and there were some security guards sitting sitting there as well in the aisle seats. And so we all thought that Shane was going to run down the stairs to come after um, Owens. But once Shane actually appeared on the stage and started walking down, we realized that's what was going to happen with Kevin. So Kevin ran right past me as he was standing on the stairs. And once he was on the stairs, he was, you know, maybe seven or eight rows north of me or, or, or north of me. So that was sure. my, um, uh, my Kevin Owens thing. So for um, to end up this, I want, again, hopefully you both can, Travis, you both have a real good night. And, of course, Travis, I will write an email to the exclusive VIP portion of the East Coast cast. Is that, so in Oakland, Mon, um, in Oakland, there were some CM Punk, CM Punk chats during, um, so this is last week's SmackDown, during um, when Dolph Ziggler was doing several characters. So in Chicago, of course, you're going to hear CM Punk chant, but to hear it in Oakland was kind of unusual. Now, maybe they thought he was going to come out, um, which to me would be the greatest thing if he did, if uh, Dolph did come out doing CM Punk. But you have, let's say, uh, this is September. Man, September's gone by really quick, by the way. September 2017. Would yeah. you say uh, maybe let's say Royal Rumble next, next, next year, so Royal Rumble of 2019, you think we can see Punk in that? So, you know, what's your opinion on that? And that's the only thing I have for wrestling-wise. Hope you both have a real good night, and I'll uh, talk to you both later. Again, Traff, thanks a lot for having me on. And, Cam, talk to you later. All right, take care, man. Thanks, Brian. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not think, – I don't think we'll see Punk in WWE in – I'm not going to say ever, but um, he said 19, so we're talking a year and a half away um, well. in the next – three to five years. I just don't. And so even, so I, I'm just really, a, um, I'm saying ever, because if he doesn't come back in three to five years, he's not going to come back. Yeah. When you know, back. Six like, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think he's ever coming back. Not saying I don't think he's ever going to wrestle again, but he might not ever wrestle again. I mean, 
just one of those types of personalities where it's like, you know, like we forget like these guys been wrestling for, you know, CM Punk probably including the day he started like training has probably wrestled mm-hmm. almost 20 years. Yeah. And not everybody is Ric Flair or or has those kinds of Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan kind of things where it's just like, I need to be in and or around the business. Hogan desperately wants to be in the business, but Flair is content to be around. Just like, even if I wasn't on TV, yeah, I'd hang out, do the circuit, and hang out, go meet him at the bars every after the thing, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Watch the shows. You know, hit on the girls and all that. So, um, yeah. Just here, Twitter. Um, uh, if, if, uh, if Rich says if Brian goes indie, I see it. Then yes, you see it. Huh? Yeah. Right, right. I think I he's saying he's he probably come out of retirement to face Brian on the Indies or in Japan or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Uh, or, 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 or I'm saying hell yeah, personally, like that'd be great. But sure, sure, I, I could see that. But he's saying that's it. Yeah, that's it, probably. The only two, or the only, uh... do you think Brian will wrestle again in WWE? think they'll let him wrestle if, if he gets, like, full clearance? And I can see a one-off if he gets full clearance. I don't think they'll go too much further with it, though. But like, most people think is when his contract ends in the next, I don't know, it's it's soon. It's within the year, I think, right? Uh, when yeah. his contract ends, in whether it's a year or a year and a half, that's when he's going to. Well, oh, he tweeted it because he did the thing with Cody, like if you're still champion in 400 whatever days. So that was probably two months ago. So, yeah, it's probably about a year from now. Um, Brian's contract ends and he goes to Japan or, or I mean, I can't, you know, where is he going to wrestle in America? Uh, I guess he go to Ring of Honor and do some, do some business with them. Got the infrastructure and, you know, like, hey, I want Sinclair to pay me. Ugh, getting paid by those scumbags. Hey, getting paid by a scumbag now, so, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> But, like, real diehard right-wing. Like, Vince McMahon pretends to be a conservative right-wing douchebag. He's a right-wing, like, because of their financial stuff, because it benefits yeah, him. That way. But, like, the morals and all that, and they don't even, not to get somehow get weird into politics, but that ain't no, no <laughs> secret. These people that, you know, thump the, their morals and their Bible and stuff don't even, you know, Whatever. Uh, But Vince, like Trump, you know, he's like New York and big city. You don't want to hang around a bunch of fucking bumpkins. (laughs) They say that's why he fucking took that deal with uh, uh, Chuck and Nancy, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. Mitch McConnell and what did he call? They called, uh, they said, called Paul Ryan. He's like, what, do you think he wants to hang out with some door-to-door Bible salesman and Paul Ryan 
and just some bumpkin like doofus like in Mitch McConnell's another kind of southern stereotype. Like, no, he wants to hang out with the New Yorker and the San Francisco chick. Like, <laughs> I mean, those are his people, you know. Like, that, yeah. So at least, like, I don't know. I want to stop babbling. Go on to the next call and uh, bring Kylan on uh, to talk to us. Um, Kylan. Only be on Tuesday. What up? I was like, oh my God, Kylan. Mm-hmm. All right, Kylan's uh, having a conversation. We'll come back to him in a bit. Let's, uh, let's talk to our good pal, Rich. Uh, Richard Fan, the second, number two. Joel Gummin out there. What's happening? Not much, guys. You guys caught Kylan with a lady friend. I wanted to hear what was going on. Yeah, man, he's sound a little busy right now, man. Kylan taking care of business. <laughs> Oh, yeah, guys, that was my aunt. Yeah. Oh, That's my boo. Uh, so what's happening, Rachel? What's going on? Not much, not much. Just got done with practice, about to go pick up some dinner, and uh, figured I'd call and listen on the ride home. What the hell? Yeah, he said he wants Brian, – Darren Bryan said his dream is to lose a hair match against Blue Panther and CMLL, but he was very pissed <laughs> off because um, – Corey Graves' brother is a Rudo in CMLL and just did that. Oh. So, I mean. So he's like, his dream is to wrestle in an anniversary show at CMLL uh, or, and or New Japan. And, uh, you know, hopefully go to Ring of Honor if Cody's around. Environment. Hmm? Like, that shit is weird. Oh, he like, loves the, Like, well, if, if you actually, listen to the Edge like, and Christian show. Nobody expects them. Matter of fact, that might be the best for his health. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit ass books yeah, right. he'd be taking. He says roll through he everything. The idea of it because he could be the crazy North American. Like he could just—it's easy for him because he grow his hair out. He wants to lose a hair match, and he could just wrestle his new style. He's been secretly taking bumps, which uh, Bree revealed at some point on some video interview they did before Total Bellas. So he's yeah he's gonna wrestle secretly taking bumps like <laughs> like he has a mat he had a seat set up a ring or whatever and so he's been bumping in Arizona yeah. when he goes home and then getting the Panamanian blood to funnel into his body for the concussion stuff in the hyperbaric Wait, chamber treatments and all that stuff he's been getting hyperbaric chamber treatments I was just going a step further. So every place he goes, like if he's on the road for SmackDown, he knows there's a lab somewhere that he could be in a hyperbaric chamber and do his uh, treatments. And that's that's for concussions? Yeah, because one of the doctors told him if he does, it does something to the brain, and it's basically healing the lesion or whatever. He he talked about but, all but this during that Edge and Christian hyper- podcast. When I think of okay, but I'm just, maybe it's just because I'm thinking, you know, I'm, it's like well, think about Theo. He did that for his broken leg, in order to because uh, no, no, the no, blood no, flow I, gets right, accelerated. Let, let me let me. So I'm when I think of it, I think of your head popping, sticking out of the thing. You know, oh, no, so it's your body, unit. like sure, from the shoulders to your to your ankles. But I always think of those things like. Yeah, you're not in like a tube and you're completely sealed in like Lilu and they had her in that thing before she busted out in the beginning. Um, 
your head's like sticking out of the thing anymore. Like it's like an iron lung, an old school iron lung, and it's doing stuff to your body cryogenically or whatever the hell. Um, right. But to think like, well, what that got to do with concussions? Because your head's not in it. But if he's got one that's like full body <laughs> or or a helmet, I mean, I, I mean that's that's cool. It's just, a helmet. Weird, because it's your brain and your head, not like your muscles and organs. That seems just different. Looking like Samus and Metroid. (laughs) So, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, he's all about it. Everywhere he goes, he knows where the float labs are and the float tank places. Uh, uh, um, What is it called? The... I don't know. Sensory Whatever. deprivation well, chambers. Sensory deprivation tanks, yes. Yeah. Uh, he knows where all those are. Yeah. Apparently, there's like a really dope one in Austin. I thought you got the recruitment for it. That was right oh, before I Philly? left. That was like okay. three days before I left. I went and did the float in Philly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. So what yeah, else? So, uh, um, how was practice? How'd that go? I mean. Good, good. My best, one of my best players just came back from the concussion. Well, I mean that's that's its own issue. I mean, you know, like I said, against Aliquippa, that's a tough football team. We knew it was going to be tough, and they just, you know, pooped the bed in terms of forgetting where they were supposed to go. Travis saw the game, and it was it wasn't. Man, pretty, but we got to like <laughs> like the quarterback. He just he like I, I couldn't really even be mad at him. He just didn't have time to ever throw to running backs. He just didn't oh, yeah. have. And like, and like in the third yeah, quarter, like we tried a, a QB sweep, and their best middle linebacker got through the line. Like at the time he got the snap, he took a step to his left to start the sweep, and he was already getting pulled and dropped by the linebacker. And I was like, that's yes. yeah. And when they announced the yardage, like sometime in the middle of the third quarter, it was just like. Ouch! Yeah, you know it hurt extra. But, but we were proud like, because the, that team. I, I know the offensive coordinator. Yep. Well, here's the problem, or here's the, the blessing in disguise. If it was, we went into the half down fourteen nothing. Every other team they played, they were up thirty plus points going into the half. So we felt good about that. Oh, but then the wheels kind of came off. Did every as I said the group we uh, at like Saturday yeah. morning? It's like you did everything they could to. To keep you in the game, like the fact yeah. that yeah, the fact that, it, and then they got the, the cheap touchdown at the end. But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, you couldn't move the ball for ass. It was just nope. uh, It was yeah. It was like a whole yeah. They were just gigantic. And it's not like and, the NFL or college where you could yeah. be like you know in a locker room like the defense is looking at the offense because most of these kids play both ways. Right. So it was just looking in the mirror. So it's multiplicative. Like you're you're busting your butt on defense, and then you get out on offense, and you're like, "Whew!" Right. I could use some oxygen. Looking about it, so, you know, in the locker room, looking at himself in the mirror. Right. Like, what you doing what's his, on offense? What's his physical stats? Like, and what's and is he a what's his class? Is he? A, he's not senior, is he? Do you get him next year? Well, what do you mean? Is he? What, is he a senior? Luca Bada. Who? Oh, Luca! Yeah, Luca. Luca. Look at you. You got the name. Yeah, Luca's a senior. He's six two, one seventy, one seventy five. He's he's a tall kid, but he's like he's skinny. Yeah. 
but he also plays basketball. He's really good well, at basketball, Well, he had that game too. where he had three interceptions in the first quarter, in the first half yeah. of the first game I was streamed. So, I mean, he just made an impression. So <laughs> Yeah, he's good. He's good. But the, the, the thing about the team is, like, Luca's a senior, the two quarterbacks are seniors, and some of the other kids. But most of the skill position players are sophomores and juniors, like my fullback who replaced the kid who had the concussion. He's a sophomore. And I couldn't believe it when he told me. I was like, how, how are you a sophomore? Like, you, you, you play what? Like, he's played three games in place of our senior, like one of our best offensive players, and he was didn't miss a beat. So now, if anything, I got the problem of we got a lot of skilled players and only one ball. So my goal was to just, you know, like 60 70% run pass if we have to. Oh. The young bull, so, he, he's going to get so some reps, but gotta, he's not going to start. Oh, he's not. Okay, y'all went back on that. Yeah, yeah. I talked to my head coach today, and he was kind of, like, nervous about it. So we, uh, we're we going to go back to the two <laughs> seniors, and the, the freshman's going to get some reps, though. Okay. Because that's a big decision. That's like, you know, that's like in the NFL. Once you put the rookie in, you can't go put, right, like, you like, know, I, Josh I, McCown like, back in. A- I thought it was a great plan to have the you know have the rookie sit behind two seniors or freshmen, learn, 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 and then you got yourself a three-year starter. Like that's just right. like a tremendous. And uh, I've been pushing uh, for it, you know. But my head coach, you know, he saw the production and was like, "We got to put it." But then the last tonight, he was like, "All right, you're right. We're it's easier said than done. Let's just let's just slow our roll." Right, right. So I'm good. And for me, you know, well, hopefully this week, actually next fire under the damn. Uh, senior oh, it did. It yeah, did. They were both like in practice over the last two days. They both missed like maybe two passes between the two of them. Yeah, okay. And they're seeing it, and they're you know because I mean, they're seeing him, and he's young. His arm strength isn't there like a senior, but as a freshman, he can hit an out. He can hit a slant. He can hit a, a, a hitch. That's all you really need. Because we're not trying to be too sophisticated. My goal is just. Every pass has something tied in, so you can you have a short option, or you have a deep option if they fall asleep. Because it's high school; it's worse than college. Like you're gonna have a kid who forgot an algebra test or broke up with his girlfriend the night before the game, and just completely goes brain dead for one play. Or, or like on my baseball team, stupid ass Sean Diaz, who donated blood, (laughs) and we had a game in June. You know, uh, oh, wow. he's like in center field about to fucking pass out. Like, like how does that happen? Like, well, it was 1997 or 98, whatever the hell. That's, you yeah. know, why? Just thank goodness it didn't happen today because it would have been on Twitter. He'd have been busy in the field about to faint, and the coach would have been in some hot water. But probably rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> Eat this cookie and drink this juice. You'll be all right. Go play baseball. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm grateful that the kids are, you know, they realize it. Like I said, they they joke around when they're in the huddle, and they be like, "What's up, QB one?" When the freshman gets in, I was like, "The disrespect, <laughs> man! The disrespect!" Oh, yeah, QB one, damn, he don't even got a name. Oh, I, that's I'm it. Thinking, no, no, but no, I'm talking about that's to the seniors. Yeah. This is from like my first yeah. my first practice with them. They're like, "Yeah, he's QB one." Like out. he's he's our starter. We're just waiting for you to make that decision. So I got one kid who's like the Tebow. That's uh, O'Brien, the one you saw running two weeks ago, I guess, at this point. 
he ran all over them and helped them helped us get the big yeah. win over Beaver Falls. He's like our Tebow. He, he throws. He's got a rocket front arm, but he's a tough runner. And then the other guy uh, is a smart kid. He gets us in and out of plays. Like he'll check to anything because he knows the entire playbook. It's just getting getting him going as far as trusting the throws. Because you know they both are like, I don't want to make a mistake. Because then I was like, don't play like that. I don't. That's not the issue. The issue is if you see an open guy, hit him. Don't you know, get locked in this. I got to see the guy like super open. It's high school. I was like, this isn't the NFL. I'm designing plays. So like when you see the kid open, just throw it to him. It's a hitch. It's a slant. Just throw it to that space. He'll go there. He'll show up. I promise. Because the receivers are smart kids and they know the routes. They know they can play running back or receiver. So I just mix and match depending on what the down and distance is. And it's just getting everybody on the same page. So it's fun. It's stressful. But, you know, it's a process. If I can borrow these so, sixes, trust the process. If I can make it about me again in baseball real quick. Mm-hmm. I remember my junior year, my last year playing third base, um, we had a new first baseman, and he would look down. He would look down at his foot. Like, I'm fielding the ball. I'm coming up to make the throw. Mm-hmm. He'd be looking down to make sure his Foots on the bag or next to you know next to the bag to the first first base bag, and I would mm-hmm. double clutch and then throw it in the guy safe at first. And like this was like this, this stretch of games where I, this this kept happening. And then the coach was like, throw it over there, and if it hits him in the face, then it's his fault. But th- you know, throw the ball, and I just you know, it's like I want to you know you fuck around at baseball, you throw it throw that shit all over the place, and next thing you know, the guy's a single. He, he's coming home. Uh, but, yeah, just, yeah, you got to yeah, trust your coach. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I enjoy it. It's tough because it's like you get it, and I feel bad because, like, for some of the seniors, like, I get that the lights are coming on soon, but... You know, our, the way our schedule's set up, we play a lot of our conference opponents early. So those first, like, two losses are going to loom large, like, by the end of the year if we want to try to qualify for the playoffs or get a wild card spot. So it's like I, we're, they're, they're going on the journey, but they might not be able to make it this year. Like, next year, I absolutely think we got it. But the problem is, like, it stinks for these guys because, you know, we're trying to – get it going this year, but I, I just feel like with the way the schedule is, by the time they do all the, like, tabulations for the standings, because I think the next five games we could win out. Because we won't have teams really? that have, like, a D1 player like Aliquippa. Like, Aliquippa's one of the best teams in the state. If you ever look at them, they look perennially like one of the best teams. At I mean, they look like, it, so, like physically. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, that's where Rebus is from. One of his like, cousins play on that team. Yeah, yeah. This you know, like, next couple of teams are just like high school men. kids. Out there. What? Yeah. I said they were like some grown-ass men out there. Oh, yeah, that one dude, uh, the, the defensive lineman, 75, he was just, I mean, I had kids double-teaming them, and it wasn't even, I was like, I'm sorry. We, we, we're doing what we can. Because it's like it's a grown man playing against kids, and it's like you – 
you don't have anyone built like that on your team. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't know how to approximate this in practice. I don't know how to tell them, like, hey, mm-hmm. this kid's going to be a lot stronger than the freshman you're going up against in scout. I can't really scout it, yeah. Like, right, I Mike. remember my Let's first year coaching at North Hills. <laughs> Block these well, with North Hills, we had a guy. We had a guy who was like a defensive end that had like 17 sacks that year, and we were coming to play him. And in high school, 17 sacks is insane. So what I would do is I would have one kid approximate the rush and engage with the tackle, and then a faster kid sprint to his right to approximate how fast this guy is. And that would work. And that was like – it helped them. We actually wound up winning that game. But with us, I can't have like two kids on top of each other and be like just attack like Voltron. <laughs> so what's on your mind wrestling wise? If I can get it without the phone. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like crazy. So like we're trying. What are you ordering dinner? Yeah. Because I realize the longer I talk to y'all, the longer it's gonna take for me to actually get and I'm getting a burger. I usually on Wednesdays go to Burgatory, which is a burger place here in Pittsburgh. And uh they let you design your own hamburger. It's really good. So I'm getting a burger and some and some uh, uh, what is it like jalapeno fries. Nice. I'm holding it down for my people in Tejas. <laughs> jalapeno yeah, fries, my man. Texas original, right there. Yeah, and then you know, um, you you know what's going down on Saturday, and you the standing invite. I need I need hosts for October, Travis, because it's the Passing the Torch episode of the Deep Dive on Saturday, and uh, Cam and I are talking about how uh, you were gracious enough to pass the tours to Deep Palm and the three-man melanin power trip. Yeah, we appreciate it. I, I would? Oh, oh Cam, yeah. okay. Well, I mean, he kind of took the torch, but you held it for as long as you could. Well done, Travis. Well, maybe I'm just not following. I didn't pass anything, I mean, we're gonna have anything. a lot of jokes. We're gonna have a lot of jokes just between me, Rich, and somebody else this summer weekend. So it's all good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How dare you guys? They have a thing. Well, I kept him. inviting you. Listen, listen. I, here's the direct quote: "Sink or swim, rookie." <laughs> and I'm swimming just fine. I made it to shore, and now I'm trying to sink your boat. <laughs> right. Gendry, rowing ass. I'm, I'm, I'm firing cannons from the beach. That's what I was expecting. Three seasons of rowing, and then you show up in the in the metal shop, black yeah. shop. <laughs> That's the, they listen. I learned by watching you. I mean, now that I'm a four time guest on the uh, Wake Color Pro Wrestling podcast. I don't even ever even heard of that show. For real. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's on podcast one. It's excellent. It's a thirty plus year pro wrestling torch editor publisher with Keller weekly talking a three times a week with some of the biggest names in pro wrestling. I'm a Dave Meltzer guy personally, so I mean, you know, a yeah, real just wrestling journalist. <laughs> I can't even I mean, I don't know if you heard this week's see this week's episode. Wade ran a little long, and he was like, you know, I'd apologize, but you're used to working with Travis, so it's all right. Oh, that's that's just, you know, <laughs> you know, he has ears and a sense of time. <laughs> yeah, see? 
<laughs> I was like, yeah, Wade. I was like, listen, I know you've got us on the network, but, you know, I tell Travis all the time, if i got to go to sleep, i got to go to sleep. And if the people got to hear me sleeping, that, that's just, you know, what's got to happen. Unprofessional, nap-taking. I mean, that's how that's that's just how that's how he feels about the fan base. That's that's really what it is. No, the fan base. I love the fans. I love the people. <laughs> Marty Bart loved the kids. <laughs> oh, oh, talk about the uh, the Bullet Club showing up at Raw. What was what was? That's, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. Okay, so the Bullet Club. What they did was they did the old WCW DX invasion. So they showed up in a stretch four by four and they went and they uh, went out in front of the, you know, the Arden fans where they're like three and a half hours early and they filmed themselves for being the elite challenging. Like they said, they're, you know, one of the wrestlers in the bullet club hangman page in their storyline had been kidnapped by the WWE and brainwashed by one of their stooges. So they got him back last week's episode and they were trying to get revenge against the WWE and threatening to invade raw and, you know, get back their Bullet Club buddies because Vince is holding them hostage. And so they filmed a couple of things. Uh, they had Marty Skrull, the Young Bucks. The one dude broke kayfabe, and he was like, yeah, man, because they did the old WC. It was like, how many people are here to see the Bullet Club? How many people are here to see WWE? And the one guy's like, shoot, man, I even paid for my ticket. I'm a seat filler. I was like, kayfabe, bro, kayfabe. Wow. <laughs> You can't be on YouTube saying that stuff, man. You can't, I mean, because they're totally going, all right, you can do that. You can do that if you want. Because WWE, not necessarily like Triple H, but from what Meltzer was saying, Vince was pissed. Even though this is literally the stuff he did, that they did this. And and Meltzer kind of shot with. Hmm? It's not even. Like, let's be real. It's benign. It's not like they rented a tank and went down Main Street. Outside of CNN Tower. No, it's just not that hot. Like the the heat to it just isn't like so. Stop. Well, it. to Vince like it was. He was like, "How dare they? Like, how dare they?" And you know, Meltzer was like, took the shot where he's like, "Well, if he, they really wanted to, good seats were still available. They could have just bought tickets and showed up in the stadium." But not been great cameras. They, I mean, they could have just time. been customers and filmed themselves for like, because all they're doing is filming it on their phones for being the elite. So they could have filmed something where they were like in the stand. They would actually get sued for that, right? Right. <laughs> they would have, have been like, "Could you imagine that? Like, they're all of a sudden, like they're they're filming, and then they cut, and it's like Cody Rose, the Young Bucks, Adam Page, Marty Scurll sitting in the middle of fans chanting be, the elite, the the elite.' Be right. We got a but disturbance this, in the crowd. The heat, like." I, I didn't even know like that was their their name one. So I mean I can imagine there are a decent amount of people who don't know like oh that's what you chant. So the heat is there for sure. He would have got some attention and it would have got yeah. it would have gotten enough good footage to like make it look like that it, it was something more than it it was. But again right. like uh, like like in '97 it's like fuck why didn't they just open those doors. And this time, right. like, why didn't they just buy tickets and go in and do what what you're saying? Yeah, you can you can do that. And then the only thing you're worried about is does WWE come at them like, hey, I'm using my personal footage at your event on our show, but it's like you know my personal footage. Like you can't 
like Sinclair would right, be like, because you what can. you can do is but would they want you can argue that they can't film they couldn't film the the arena like they couldn't film like the wrestlers in the ring but if it's me walking down the aisle going to get a beer and you I do a selfie video with me and my friends no one's ever complained about that so how could you complain about them doing it and also happening to have like 50 people follow them that was the move, not doing the outside shit. They was, yeah, yeah, get a goddamn ticket. But I think, to be honest, they, they wanted to play it as safe as they could because they didn't want to mix it. Because oh. like, imagine, like, if they did Bullshit. it and that got over, Vince would be pissed. Just let them be pissed. So what? You well, at some point, I mean, at some point the young Marty bucks are going to get tired of flying to Japan. Marty Skrull is going to get tired of, you know. I mean, I... That, I just they're tr- talk about listen, never. Like, they're trying to they're trying to play both sides. Ever going mm-hmm. to WWE? Like never. Who? As the Young Bucks doing their gimmick? Like I never see that happening. Anyway, they'll go to NXT. I think they'll go to NXT. At some point they'll go. Because here's the thing: at some point he's going to do what he tried to do with guys like. Remember, he tried to sign Bad Luck Fale and uh, Tamatanga. He just wants to take them away from New Japan. So if he could get them and put them in NXT, Triple H will let them be themselves. I mean, obviously they can't say suck it like 87 times. And they even brought that up in the video. They're like, I'm not legally allowed to say two words right now, so I'll let you guys say it. And, and, and remember, they tried, they, to, they tried to... 20 super kicks in a match if they go to NXT? Like... I hope not. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, look, the Usos do it now. Usos do do a lot of super kicks. And they even observed that, like, the first time the Usos, like, when the Usos first started doing multiple super kicks, they were like, oh, y'all couldn't get us, so y'all just added the Samoan edition, huh? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know. What you it know. Is? Yeah. I mean, that's like right now I'm still in my feelings a little bit about the uh, WWE 2K game not having Cian Alma, but having, you know, a couple of bums in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's see. I know Travis, I mean, I mean, I know Cam's going to say one of the bums is Sting, but I'm going I'm to let that pass till Saturday. No, there, I think they have, no, I think you I think, bums. I think they have four different versions of Sting. So, he's four <laughs> bums. Okay, wow. Wow. But, yeah, they got, like, they put in Lars, uh, what's-his-face, who's a guy Vince is high on, because he is a, you know, he's a decent heel, muscled up. But, you know, thank God they have uh, Aleister Black in. Otherwise, I'd be heated more so. But, yeah, I'm not too happy that unless they update it and the DLC has more than what they showed on that thing all day yesterday. But they put all the Hall of Fame people in. That is kind of whack. You got Lars Sullivan, but you don't have fucking Almas. Yeah, he's been there forever. You got you got TM61 who are both out injured. Right. You got Roderick Strong. And they were. Got to, got that for a minute. They had a tag shot, and, like, they were in the finals of the, the, the Dusty tournament. Like, okay. Like, the two best... Uh... Like the two most detailed creator wrestlers are definitely going to be Almas and uh, Shelton Benjamin. Like, yeah. 
And like he's details? just being there. He literally just came back. I mean, as far as the guys who are almost in the game, Travis, are the guys who the uh, the super creator wrestler community end up making like really, really strongly. So yeah, right. it'll be those oh. two guys. And 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 I'm surprised they didn't put British Strong Style in either. I figured that would be yeah. one where you could make it even even its own separate pack, and you could say, hey, even though you got the Super Deluxe Edition or whatever, you pay an extra ten bucks and you get these five guys. You get British Strong Style. You get the UK Tournament Edition, the British Strong Style Wolfgang, and uh, who's who's the other joint you like? Uh, well, you gotta have that crap. asshole you guys like with the belt in his mouth. <laughs> Pete Dunn. Oh yeah, that would be him. Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven. You have those three. You have Wolfgang, and you have uh, Mark Andrews or something oh, like he, that. And you're good. But yeah, it's uh, interesting to me. This whole thing. I always, Are you getting I always it? want to know the uh, politics. Early release, or are you just going to wait? Yeah, I pre-ordered it because I, I every year I've gotten it for like the last eight years, so I knew I was going to get it because I was hopeful they would put in a couple of guys I usually have to get as creator wrestlers, like, um, thank you, sir, um, like Almas, Alistair Black, but yeah, and you know Shane McMahon. That that was another one. Speaking of what Cam talks about with like guys who are like create. Shane McMahon's kids complain that he never plays like he does in, when they watch him on TV. So he flew down to 2K Studios and mocapped himself. What a saint. Thanks, Shane. Great. <laughs> no, my man, my man, my man did seven shooting star presses. He did seven shooting yeah. star presses because they kept like, like, we need more. He's like, all right. I was like, I, like, I am still in awe of the fact that a 40-something-year-old man is just randomly doing shooting star presses because his kids. That's privilege. That's privilege. I fully admit that. That's McMahon privilege, and then that's a whole different level. Think he, do you think he texted the lab and was like, should I bring my mocap balls, uh, sticky balls things, or should, or, or should I use yours? Because I, I definitely have. You know, a hundred or so. Yeah, he probably definitely. He's like, listen, guys, I got an undercap. <laughs> I have an Under Armour mocap outfit. Your uh, home kit that they that they sell. Yeah, I have one. And you bring mine, or I could just use the studios. That's fine, and yeah, no problem. And it was a YouTube video. Dollars to donuts. He brought his kids out to get mocap to do their entrance with him. Oh my goodness. Hey, you gotta yeah. keep it authentic. If it's in the game. It's in the game. Uh, little bastards get to play themselves uh, in the game. Oh boy! Or, no, they or wouldn't worse, because they're underage. How you change like Brock Lesnar, or like this year it'll probably be Braun Strowman, and you give him like Tory Wilson's intro, you know, so he's like, oh, yeah. oh, he started <laughs> getting all sultry. So now, yeah, <laughs> so now, yeah, Shane's kids will either, it, it's yeah, they'll either give like Lesnar their their entrance or. Yeah, they'll give themselves lessons or something. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. Well, I mean, Stephanie's in it. That's always the first thing I look for. I'm like, okay, all of them are going to be in it, so that's four spots taken or three spots taken because it's not like they're going to put Linda in. (laughs) 
if they did, that'd be great. She could be like in the, you know, the cabinet somewhere just talking about small business, cutting promos. Do we have any emails so, to VIP? Because I'm sure people will try to stick here to me, so you can mute me at any time, by all means. Yeah, we got a good one for Mike. It's a, it's a non-wrestling, uh, you know, out there kind of one. He's becoming, uh, fast becoming, like, you know, my favorite. Is this, VIP like, to the level of the uh, duck-shaped, duck-sized humans, the human-sized ducks? No, it's more on, it's, I mean, 9-11 is 9-11. It's not a lot like it. You know, let's just, you know, but uh, it's about aliens and shit and specific questions. Oh, okay. So, I was going to yeah, say there's something on Netflix you would like where they're, be, they're basically proving, like, over the course of an hour and a half, like, all the stuff you've told me about in the last two years. Well, I've told you a lot of shit in the last two years. Oh, no, no, when it comes to, like, aliens and stuff. So, like, the light, like, they go down the list. They go down everything. Because a buddy of mine, uh, Rich, also named Rich, uh, he's a army vet or marine vet, and he's all into conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And he was like, by the end of this, I don't. And he, he also, so you two would get along. Um, he's like, I don't know if it was me being high or me watching the movie, but I was freaking out because I was like, this makes too much sense. <laughs> all right, well, well we'll buddy. get into it. VIP. So. Yeah. All right, Rick. We'll talk. Hey, Cam. I'll talk to you Saturday. All right, man. Sounds good. Oh man, don't plug in, plug in them uh, foreign shows on here, man. We, 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 we have these conversations like we don't talk all day, every day. Ain't no synergy in cross branding, cross promoting. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what we do. Speaking of, um, when the hell is Flashback? I know uh, Supergirl's back. I think October ninth or something. So is it that week? Like, so they're back the next day. Oh, because they're all doing a, you know, they're doing a crossover thing. I don't know if that's some junk, but uh, but yeah. Oh, shit! I need to watch the damn but, uh, oh. finale. Supergirl. I'm trying. I've been trying to get my damn Tuesday back <clears throat> from work. Uh, mm. They just determined. And we keep losing people, so that's what's like. We're not losing people, but moving on to departments. So, every time I get close to getting my Tuesday back, somebody leave, and, well, we need you on Tuesday. Fuck. So, we'll see how we'll work that out. Uh, Let's, uh, all right, let's go back to Kylan. See what's good with him. Uh, Kylan, there? Yep, uh, so, so, sorry about earlier. Um, uh, what's, uh, what's on your mind? What's happening? Um, let's see here. Um, I don't, I don't know if, if this is possible, but it would be nice if we could get uh, Sean Rabbiton in on this question with us since he is 
be big time expert in this kind of a question, but my question, or one of them for this week, concerns the World Wrestling Network Flow Slam lawsuit. And my question is, do either of you think that the World Wrestling Network slash Flow Slam lawsuit will serve as the catalyst to allow WWE to eventually have the higher the higher price network here that they've been proposing for about the last nine months because seemingly World Wrestling Network is about to obtain an injunction to have their programming pulled off of Flow Slam, which would allow the network to have evolved and all World Wrestling Network promotions on WWE Network along with Ring of Honor and whatever other promotions, libraries they might be interested in purchasing down the line. Yes, I mean I do. I think if you control all the uh, like all the wrestling, if you have it all, yes, I do think that's going to allow them to get to the point where they can uh, they can have that higher tier. Like if that's the only place you can go to, you know, for this stuff that you can't see anywhere else. Then yes, yes, I do think that. Do you think that a 
large portion of Roman Reigns' problem in terms of his perception among fans and colleagues is he is the fact that he ref, he refuses to have to have a to have a a, a sense of humor about cri- the criticisms that are presented to him, or or even acknowledge them, and he kind of he kind of uh what word am I what word am I looking for here? No, I know what you want to say. Basically, he gets his criticism about him, and he seems to be above it all. Um, he doesn't really show that he wants to, like, it's almost the opposite of what happened with Kennedy, this, but to a fault. This, because Kennedy's saying, well, this, uh, oh, this associates criticism as hate. Yes. And that's a generational thing, too. Like, you know, where people today are programmed to think everything somebody says about you is them hating on you as opposed to them being, you know, fairly critical. But it was like Wade says all the time, Kyle, and like it's hard for him because he's like, yo, I'm doing what the boss is telling me to do. It's getting me paid. I can't control anybody's reaction. I'm not going to go against the grain. Like, I don't think that's the issue that people have with him, though. He doesn't respond to criticism, but I do think that they have an issue with the fact that like it's it, it's weird to say, but to me, the indictment on Roman Reigns isn't an indictment on Roman Reigns. It's an indictment on Vince McMahon's desire not to steer away from Roman Reigns. Because he's not, Roman Reigns isn't bad at anything. He's just not the guy people want. And this is like the third or fourth time it's not the guy people want. So, And back-to-back you know, back guys, and the guy that that's poised to give us another, you know, 10 or 12 years potentially of mm-hmm. something that we don't want. Mm-hmm. I mean, can WWE have yeah. two decades of of basically pushing the guys, the top guys, that a vast majority of, you know, the the, the fan base doesn't, uh, doesn't want, doesn't care about, doesn't yeah. appreciate, whatever? For whatever reason, not even putting a value judgment or anything on it. Just fact of the matter is they reject them consistently uh, for a long time now. Not even being a hater, you dig? Just, <laughs> just yeah, I'm just reacting to what I see on TV for the last three or four years. Yeah. 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 Go ahead, Kyle. I I definitely agree with all of what you just said. Here's here's hoping that this this angle with Miz helps him at least gain some semblance of 
likability back with all types of fans as opposed to just a few casuals that don't know the things that we know about him. I think he was just yeah yeah no I just I, I, yeah it, I, at the end I kind of I I'll admit I kind of faded trailed off there so when he wrapped it up I was like wait did I miss, <laughs> did I miss something I probably did but I don't think I missed as much as I think it did yeah sorry Kyle I'm a little distracted let's uh let's uh <laughs> go to Brooklyn and to, oh, wait where'd he go. There we go. Let's go to Brooklyn and talk to Mike. Mike, what's happening? What's up, my fellas? How are you? Mike! Mike, how come right. your man Melo uh, wearing the same colors, but he on a different team now, man? What's going on? Oh, man. It's <laughs> crazy as a mess. You up New there, York you got Dougie McBuckets? You know what I'm saying? Huh? You, got, uh, so you got Dougie McBuckets now? You got Ennis Cantor now? Y'all cooking, man. Yeah. Work. New York sports right now. Oh, man, this is looking crazy for us all across the board. Football. How, how, about, how about them Giants, though, Mike? Oh, boy. Shit, they talking about Eli might about be getting the- traded next year. About that game, that game-winning field goal, Mike. Oh man! How about them Eagles, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like y'all just on. gonna roast? Y'all just gonna roast me, huh? All right. Man, we here for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fan, yeah, you know fella. Carson Wentz uh, gave Josh Elliott, Josh or Jake Elliott, his. Uh, his game check? Hey, man, that's not cool, though. He's on a rookie deal, man. I can give somebody the game check on a rookie deal. That comes out to He said uh, he was on the sideline before he, before he kicked it, and everybody's, you know, all tense on the sideline, and he's just talking, like, ooh, come on, Jake, let's go. And then he just, I, I, I give you my game check. He said it like three, four other, you know, players are like near him and heard him. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, man, I'll give him my paycheck if he makes this kick. And then five seconds later, he kicks it, and they all go nuts, and you know, well, Mike's destroyed. And, you know, yeah, seventh crazy, seventh longest kick in NFL history. I remember just as a kid, like nobody touched. Like it was ridiculous to think somebody could kick sixty yards. Like the guy with the glove foot back in the day, and that was it. And then uh, the Bronco comes along and he ties it. And then I think Janikowski or something might might have be up there. But yeah, I thought that was something that was never going to get touched. But, so anyway, so 
Shock or some shit like that. That was like, uh, no, 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 no. This is, this is yeah, a, a bit of an older character. Yeah. I ain't doing yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, it's crazy. I don't think... read or have any desire to read anything DC, but anything <laughs> they, basically, anything they put on TV, I'm all about better. it. Like their shows. Yeah, I mean, we. I think better. Oh. I think we all agreed on that. Like the shows come across better than the physical, you know, actually I mean, you know, comic or what they better do. Better than the movies, yeah. Better than the movies. No, their shows are better than. Oh, well, I wasn't even talking about the movie. I definitely ain't seeing none of that shit in the movies. No, for sure not. Uh, but yeah, but they put anything on TV. You know, I'm all about it. Or at least I'm. You know, I gave Legends of Tomorrow a whole season, a season and an episode, till I'm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, sure. I don't know. It's the same with Black Lightning. Yeah, they should. I don't know. It it tends to come across better on TV than the movies and the, you know per se the comic books. Mm-hmm. Yo, oh, yeah. and if and if I could kind of change topics real quick, I found this YouTube channel and then subsequently another one that just this one I think it's called Classic Game Quarterly. Something like that on yeah. YouTube, and it's another one, just game historian. And like, oh, now we're going to talk about the launch of the GameCube, you know? And it's just like they just take you back and just all the history, what was going on. Like, it's fucking fascinating. Just like a half hour on, you know, the Dreamcast release and all yeah. the shit around it. Like, how, like why did this? And and then when I'm watching it. I go, oh, that's right. Because like, I think back now, like, why the hell did Dreamcast fall off so quick? And it was like, well, PlayStation 2 came along and, you know, just was, just was just better. As good as the Dreamcast that. was, it just, it only had a year to be, like, the best. And it was. I mean, 2K football was fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah. 
he just throw to Randy Moss, and he he just wasn't, you know, dropping anything. Yeah, I found all kind of, like, red gems this week. You know, actually, with my six-year-old, they had, like, red shit on there, why certain cartoons ain't last, why certain toy lines ain't last. Mm. What was the story behind them? Um... I forget it. Once I get the link, I send it to you guys. But it was like really introspective. They had a whole fucking docu series on like the GI Joe toy line cartoon, and how it co- you know coincided. They had some shit about like the He Man joint and how um originally Mattel had had the um license to do actually Conan figures from the the you know Conan the Barbarian movie. But at the last minute, they fucking kind of, um, they like bowed out on them for some reason. Last night, I was like, last oh. night I watched a joint about the Power Glove. Like, wow. Yeah, this was, yeah. I mean, remember? I mean, just seeing it, like, you think this is going to be the best thing ever. But as, as, as somebody sitting in 2017, you go, this ain't going to work. It's just not not going to be good. Like the technology, like no way this works. And then I'm, and right. I'm watching the thing, and it just it just they didn't put a it? game out specifically for the glove until a month after they discontinued it. Discontinued it. They discontinued right. it like you know uh, in October in September. Then they put the exclusive glove game out in October. It was just absurd, and people just. Stop buying them, like, because they didn't, like, you're not going to play regular, like, Mario. They were showing, like, footage of them people playing, like, trying to play regular games with the glove, and it just was garbage. Like, it was just super right. laggy and, like, because like, it's 1990. Like, what, what do you expect? <laughs> the glove, the pad, all that shit was dope. Well, no, the power pad was dope as fuck. I never had. I had when I got my Nintendo in, in '89. I had a uh, a power pad. It was dope. Um, responsive. I mean, all that. It, because remember, it plugged into the thing and had crazy sensors and shit inside. The glove yeah. required like it was like infrared. And you know shit that's just like, fam, it's 1990. You trying to, you're doing too much. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Actually, actually, it was a short form film. I don't know if we discussed it or not. It came out like maybe last year, a couple years. The Kung Fury. Did you guys ever catch that? I loved it on Netflix. Mike, I had my boys come up for like a Kung Fury. and we sat there and watched the whole huh. movie. I loved that movie. Kung Fury, crab, you gotta catch it. Kung Fury, it's, it's they got the power glove in there. They got this guy called the Hacker. This guy looks like a fucking 1980 nerd rapist. Like this shit is yep. so hard. It's, it's, it's satire. It's 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 satire on all the old arcade games he played. Remember the game? Um, what was the joint cam with um the cop game? I know like, you got you got to check I, this I, shit. I mean, not cruising USA. Yeah. Uh, before um, that, yeah. Is is a little bit of that. Is a little bit of double dragging it. Like you got to you got to catch it, Trav. It's about a half an hour, but the shit was made by a yeah, Swedish kid. That movie. shit was so ill. And I heard he's doing. I heard the second part, the second installment should come out sometime next year. God, is so everyone watching this Lars Sullivan Only Lorkin match? Jesus Christ, these two are 
Molly whopping the shit out of each other. Yeah, that guy's fucking beastie, that Law Sullivan guy. So, uh, yeah, uh, question-wise, what I want to ask you, um, like, on that survey, what did y'all think of, and do you think it will work, which I don't think, um, them talking about adding maybe, like, a TV-14 ECW revival again or a ECW-esque Type show, show to the network? Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, I think, keep that. I think I put uh, not interested. <laughs> you know, like, nope. Oh, keep that, man. I know, I know too much. There's too much CTE going around, man. Keep that. Exactly. And another thing, do y'all think they will um they will air that um Starcade uh, house show shit that they doing? Because I heard that uh they put a uh, rock and roll against the club. Yeah, yeah, I just saw that here. Rock and Roll Express in the club. Like, I mean, it's it's all the more reason to go ahead and do it, man. Like, I don't see what you lose with that, you know? Yeah, because I heard as of today, it's just supposed to be like a jazz up house show. I mean, they they should yeah. they should air it. I think it would behoove yeah. them to air it. I think if they hey, you know announce it as a go ahead, go ahead, Cam. Uh, Rich asked if the game you were talking about is called Bad Dudes. Right. Okay. Right. That's what it was. Bad Dudes. That's exactly what it was called. With the cop, I forget the the main kind, the cop character, but he's like a you know bandana with lightning in his hands type cat. Yep. Um. Yeah. Like I said, they should hear the shit, man. I think. I think it would be a trick, you know, a treat, a little nostalgia. And I think that if they do air it or they do announce it as a network, you know, a network special or exclusive, that would probably help sell the fucking place out. Yeah, people know that that's going to be like, you know, no reason they can't do pay-per-view. Like, right. pay-per-view seating, not pay-per-view business. Because they're not going to charge that much, but, oh, yeah, go ahead and put that on. You don't need I, to go all crazy with the camera angles. Like, do it like you know, beast from the east, you know? Like, just. All right. Yeah. And I think what else would help that if they had, you know, if they brought uh, Nate out, like, just, to, you know, wave to the fans and let them know oh. I'm here. I think that would help that shit tremendously. I think it would sell out if they announced that Nate would be there. I, I, I think so, too. I think that would definitely give it a big boost. Yeah. So what did y'all guys think of, you know, this whole Enzo shit, the whole Enzo debacle? I mean, that's kind of what we led off with. Like, I, I think they, they did all right the last couple of days. I think initially I was like, you know, what is this? Like, this is this is a joke. But it looks like it's going to be interesting going forward. Like, who's going to be the guy to take the title off of him? Like, this definitely injects more personality, you know, into this show. Like, are they – are they going to use this to play other guys up? Like, I, I think it's an interesting move. I'm, I'm not ready to say it's a good move yet, though. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they should they should bring man rules and, you know, some of those uh, UK dudes in if they're not going to do a show with them. I think that'll help strengthen, you know, 205 Live because it, it, it's almost becoming, like, um, cynical, like, with – the same ten guys fighting each. It's almost becoming like, with you know, like after 
three years of watching the cruiserweights on WCW is the same fucking guys fighting each other. Right. And that that's one thing about those guys not being into everything else. That that's one thing that happens when those all those guys aren't on the other show too. Like it definitely um you know, does lessen like when you don't have as many matchups and you're not giving those guys storylines. Because, I mean, outside of right. Rey Mysterio is very competitive and Dean Malenko is really mad at uh, at Chris Jericho and Eddie has an attitude. Like, outside of those things, like, it is kind of limiting. So, yeah, I mean, like Enzo definitely adds, you know, something fresh to that mix. How fresh it is, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, um, what do you think about it so far? Mike, are you optimistic? Are you skeptical? What do you think? Well, I'm 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 more I'm more you know take y'all usual you know let's wait and see approach with this shit. I mean, but I think they headed in the right direction. But because like you know, as been discussed on Wade and y'all and every other fucking podcast out, Vince is falling in love with this transparent. Um, let's add reality into the into the TV. You know what I mean? Into the TV shows. He's falling in love with this shit. So, I mean, you know, for now, but it's like, how long could it sustain? Like, do you do you want to have him, you know, doing this thing? I mean, like, he can make it interesting because, you know, Enzo could, could talk, and he can make most of his opponents just by talking, you know, drawing heat and talking. Like, he could make it, he could definitely make it interesting. And also, like, do y'all think, um, you know, like SmackDown, like as far as like you know, their main contenders for the you know for the WWE. So do you think it's like empty? Do you like I listened to you know Wade inside a monster earlier, but you know speaking to y'all, you know I've been made this um quote, and that was like you know they I think they should bring Joe over to SmackDown, like when he you know once he heals up, because it's yeah. like who does he who does he have to face? Yeah. I can see I him like just jumping. Top, yeah, but they had six, five or six guys right there that were really at the top, top of the card of Raw. The bottom of that being Bray, but then you had uh, Balor, you had uh, Roman Reigns, you had Strowman, you had Brock. And those guys are all kind of up there in the mix. So, And we talk about it like AJ Styles, he's, while he's a main eventer, he's a U.S. champ. And so the top of SmackDown is pretty light. So I think, yeah, they should definitely do that. Let him let him go yeah. over there and mix it up with some guys. I can see Joe coming out and just brutalizing Randy Orton. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that's, I'm with that. Please. Um, Please just that. Joe, it's just he's, you know, he does, you know, what Brock does, what Strowman does, you know, they, it's just, they don't need, Joe is just not, you know, I won't say needed, but he's just uh, a bit redundant. Like he's he's so different if he goes to SmackDown. He's one of the only acts acts like him. Yeah, he can be that that Brock Strowman nasty monster because you know I don't see it. I don't see it happening with Rusev. Like Rusev just pretty much turned into like a comedy for you, if you ask me. Like. 
I think they still saw Adam for cutting his head, so I don't think it's, you know. And Kevin Owens, like, he's a whole total different dynamic. But, like, I think he was strengthening up, you know. He would beef up that, you know, that main event because um, I'm sorry, like, and not, and not to knock on him, but fucking uh, gender is not just doing it for me. No. He ain't doing it for me. No, nobody. he is not. He's not doing it for me. It's not benefit. It's like, take the fucking title off he's got at Hell in a Cell. Like, do us all a favor. And the take fact the that it's not going to be the main event at Hell in a Cell is, you know, yeah. in and of itself. It's telling. Uh, no problem. Because you can't have yeah. it, man. You just can't. Not when you got Shane and, and Owens and even that tag match in the Hell in the Cell. No, nope. Which they'll probably yeah. open with. Well, I think that's going. I think that's going to still a show and burn the house down too. I also like. I mean, the card for the. Don't get me twisted. The card for that show is fucking pretty dope. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got uh, you got Usos and New Day Hell in the Cell, Shane and Owens Hell in the Cell, Jinder Nakamura. You got um AJ and Baron, which I think will be become a three way with Ty Dillinger. You got Ruth. Yeah, you got uh Natty and uh Charlotte. And then you got um Rude and Ziggler. Like what y'all think about that? That program there, Rude and Ziggler. Oh Bobby Rude. Makes sense. Yeah. Listen, we uh, we got the wrong uh, we got the wrong dog out of commission right now. Okay, we need that fix. Yeah, I didn't get it when it was on Twitter. I saw that earlier. Nah, young, young Dolph the rapper. Oh, I'm like, what happened, Dolph Lundgren? <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, I think that's Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, I think it'll be a good solid match that he puts Rude over in because I think that's Dolph, you know, position pretty much. Yeah. Let's test the water with Dolph. Yeah, because like Travis says, like Rude, he's not super into Rude. I don't think Rude has these crazy amazing matches, but I think his personality is great and his presence is great. And so him going up against Dolph, who you know is going to do all the crazy stuff you might value in, in, in the match, I think it's going to be really cool. Like, I'm, I look forward to that. I look forward to Rude just telling him to shut up. Like, we need somebody to do that. Might as well be somebody I like. Telling them to, to do right. that. Yeah, this feud makes so much sense. You know, uh, it's like once Dolph did his gimmick twice, you're like, oh, okay. You just saw, like, all right, I see where this is going to. And it's not, it's one of those predict- good predictable things. Like, sure, I saw it coming a mile away. But it it makes sense, and yeah, yeah I'm not mad about it. And everything doesn't have to be a surprise and swerve. It's it's he's going to face feud with uh, you know whoever. I can't even think of somebody to feud with Ziggler right now. Um, and it makes sense, like Brian was saying earlier, that Dolph would in the next two week or two come out and do the Bobby Roode uh, entrance and and and, yeah. and make fun of him. Uh, damn, Mike dropped off. Oh, wait, I think he called back, yeah. Um, yeah, it just makes sense to, to that he does that, and, you know, that's probably when we'll get some kind of 
fisticuffs when Rude comes out there to confront him. Where in in his role, I, I, I wonder when he does the Rude spoof, does he have? Because everybody else, he's pretty much. I mean, he he's just done their gimmick. Like it, with mm. Rude, where's it, it? It would if he if he comes out in he can't come out in Rude's robe. So is he going to come out in like a a bathrobe like glitter with be dazzled, or is he going to like respectable, a respectable like shiny you know sparkly robe to mock him? And who's shiny respectable sparkly robe? Um, we didn't really think about it. Like, is that actually Undertaker's leather coat? Because it's kind of big. Not kind of. It's fucking. You're swimming in that thing, Dolph. <laughs> So, T-shirts, it's like, all right, he went to the merch stand and, you know, but now it's getting a little more intricate. It's like, where is he getting this shit? Yeah. And why are you putting so I much he, time in, uh, into this, Dolph, with your attitude and fuck the fans? You seem to be going out of out of your way, and maybe that's the point. He's a hypocrite. Going out of your way yeah. to, to, you know, get under this skin. Do y'all see Corbin getting the... Um, the uh, IC, excuse me, the U.S. title off um, AJ. I don't think it's true. I, I'm saying no because it's probably more of a hope not. Yeah, because I, I, I think they'll start. Even even push. if they're still going, even if they're going for AJ uh, AJ Nakamura at WrestleMania, and they and and Nakamura's going to win and hold till WrestleMania. Even if that's the case, I think I don't think AJ should. Uh, she you know lose till like December, maybe January to Rumble or something. Yeah. I think it should be title for title, and then you know have the you know U.S. title tournament. Then 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 there at the Mania, you yeah. can have Rue winning there. Hmm, that's that is that is not a bad idea. Cause I think um you know. Although they ain't really, really doing much with him, just having AJ with with the U.S. title, I think it loans, you know, a little bit more credibility, being that he's probably like the hot, the top, maybe hot two or three dudes in the, you know what I mean, in the whole damn company. Mm-hmm. Because I heard shit next to Cena. That's all you pretty much saw last night. I mean, on on Raw on both shows. I heard you hardly saw any Roman Reigns shit. I heard you mainly saw Cena and AJ. And some Braun Strowman sprinkled us. Hmm. Then I looked on the, uh, the uh, website. They got the whole package for uh, Halloween. The vest, the gloves, the t-shirt. So this so that's what you're going to be for Halloween. What's a Braun Strowman Halloween costume, no. so, I don't like know. I guess some, some, uh, some dirty corduroys. <laughs> oh man! It's too good. It's too good. Some garbage man corduroys. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, I know y'all probably spoke on it, but I didn't catch the first, you know, first half of the show, which was, um, you know, Roman's demeanor. I thought he picked it up Monday, but I thought he was just stood to, you know, just a little bit too, you know what I mean? Laid back, you're like introverted and laid back. I mean, and not to, you know, to not to liken him to it. No, because I thought to me, he was smiling and having a good time, and 
Yeah. You know, usually you're not, not like life. with the oh, the teeth showing and smiling, stupid smiling baby face. But yeah. with him, it's like, yeah, fucking smile. Look like you're enjoying yourself. That you're happy to be there. And, right. Hey, you look like you're you having fun. Yeah. Damn. Like I don't sweat this stuff. Like, not to liken him to it, but just to you know, use this analogy. Like in the beginning, like if you look at Hov, if you look at Jay Z. He was a very boring interview. He was a boring stage show. Mm-hmm. Like, everything about him was boring. Like, you know what I mean? During, like, Reasonable Doubt era and all that shit. Then okay. after about the streets was watching, stepped it up. Then that's when he got more loose. He got more into what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? So you're saying after volume one, when he went all jiggy and shit? Yeah, he was he was still boring. Like after Streets was watching, remember the remember the video cassette with with uh, Streets was watching because they felt like Volume One was a dud when they dropped it, what? and then he had to come back with the Streets is watching, and then that just like pretty much wet everybody appetite. Nah, wasn't Streets is watching on Volume One? No, it was the song. Was the song? He he had done like you could probably yeah. find it on YouTube. He had done like a um. Like a long form video of all, uh, pretty much all the songs on Streets is watching. You know, he did Friend of Foe Part One and Two. He did Streets is watching. He did Imaginary Player. He did, you know, he did a video oh, for God. all that shit. Right, all yeah, that shit was shit. on Volume One. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't. Yeah, understand. right. But oh, okay. he did the, the he did the long form video called under the same title, Streets is watching the movie. Like you can look it up. Uh, it's probably, oh, like I said, okay. it's probably on you. Okay. Yeah. That pretty much, you know, because everybody was lost off of the Sunshine video. Remember, he was in there with the colors and shit, doing the Puff Daddy uh-huh. shit and all that. Yeah, that shit, that shit was garbage. That was 100% garbage, and I'm a Brooklyn nigga. Oh, I, mean, I mean, I the mean. The song was tough, but the video was trash. You had Puff going, and you had Will Smith getting jiggy with it at the, t- at the, at the time. Right, and, and it's came right. Back. I mean, just a bullshit sample—not a bullshit sample, like a super popular sample that they didn't even try to change. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, Puffy's just great producer. Like, he just didn't even make that shit his mm-hmm. own. He just rapped over Diana Ross. Like, that's all, it's, it's already that's all a hit. Puff. Like, you mad? Yeah, rises to hit again twenty years later, thirty years later. So. That was um, Puff Beats at the time. We just took old dance, 80s pop dance music and fucking just reset, re-looped it. That's all he did was re-loop a bunch of beats. The point I'm getting at was like, Jay got hard. You know, he, he, he took it, he kind of took it back to the streets on the long form video. And that being like the shell reunion. As you can see, that's where they're going. That's what they're setting up. You know what I'm saying? Long term. Do you think that would help that be him? it? Like, like, Roman's not necessarily loosey-goosey because he got past his Cena feud because it was a month. It's not like the Cena Rock thing, which was this long, two-year-long yeah. thing, three-year-long thing. And by um, the way, that was the best match on No Mercy as well. Could it be that he's like, yeah, Shield reunion, like I get to get the gang back together, like fun times, best time. I just like... As far as Roman goes, as be, being over, that was like the best. Like he was just universally booed. 
you know, because everybody hated the shield, or when they turned babyface, he was universally praised, and when they split up, he was for the few months immediately after he was uh he was pretty much praised. Uh or or cheered and stuff like a babyface. Yeah, so like I said, not... he's just like, Yeah, I got some good stuff on the horizon. I'm just, you know, loose. And I still say you know, after shit comes full circle, they should um turn Balor Hill and do the um the Shield versus the Clark. That's money. I'm that's just box office. That's box office just waiting to happen. That's money waiting. That's money on the table. That's money on the table. Real, real quick, they just had Liv Morgan go over Vanessa Bourne, and they had the uh, the woman ref ref in the match. They need to have her reffing men matches as soon as possible. Who, Mike McGirt? No, the lady. I don't know her name. <laughs> oh, damn. Nah. Nah, that was a, that was a little pot shot. I remember Mike McGirt though, from back in the day. I just don't think... And also, um... Like, all right, I don't know. her in the women's tournament, but she needs to ref men's matches, too, like... Yo, have you guys checked this shit on YouTube called Behind the Titan Tron? I've not seen it. They up to I believe episode twenty eight and this episode is um this was the XFL. So basically they giving rundowns of shit that has happened, you know, industry wise. And he basically compiled, you know, like news from the torch observer, shit like that, but also put his, you know, little perspective and add odds and ends on it. Two, they did one on CTE. I mean, I got to check them. The first episode, they got the, uh, of course, the you know, the scandals of the early 90s, which was the, you know, the, the, the sex scandals and all that shit. They got, um, they got, um, there's a couple of them, two, two parts. One is a three-parter. That's the Montreal school job, and they get a little bit, you know, introspective on certain things that happen and certain things that, you know, people put their spin on. They got one, um, a two-parter on CM Punk, the rise, of, you know, like the rise of CM Punk and shit. They got a two-parter on China. Is this some independent shit? Yeah. Like, how it okay. comes on, like, how it comes on is, like, this is, this is purely, like, a journalistic point of view. Like, the views, you know, expressed by this cat, you know what I'm saying, is that of his opinions and research or whatever. Okay. So, like, when y'all get a chance, you know, check that series out. I've been kind of, like, peeping in. It's kind of cool. Like, some of them run a couple, you know, a, a few minutes long and, like, maybe, you know, 12 to 13 minutes. Some of them 20 minutes. You know, different shit. They actually, they even got up there the, um, the Bruiser Brody incident, you know, when he got stabbed okay. up in, in, uh, Puerto Rico. You know, Puerto Rico. Yeah, I actually, um, got that, uh, he ordered that the that, that uh Blu-ray, you know, because Bruce, you know, put so much, you know, behind it as to why we should watch it. And that shit is kind of, like, it's kind of airy, man. Like, the way the shit seemed, like, not to, you know, to throw y'all off course if y'all get a chance. Yeah. yeah. That shit was a hit. Like, that shit was more than a setup. That just seemed, that shit was a mafia hit. That shit was a hit. That was pre, that was... Like, the way how everybody, like, just, you know, just 
covered this shit up. Victor Joe Walker got rid of the knife, and you know Carlos like it was that shit was a hit. And I don't understand like how some dudes could still even go out there and work for them. You know what I mean for them cats. And then um, yeah. you know the cat that did the the, the actual stabbing, the little uh, dude Jose Gonzalez. This dude never did a fucking day in prison. This dude never did a day in jail. Nah, they immediately went on TV and put him and babyfaced him on TV. Like, not and put him in a storyline as a babyface. Like, went on and, and like, it's like, this is yeah, on that <laughs> type shit. Yeah, like, on that behind the Titantron. They send him the fuck home. He changed his clothes and he and came he back to the arena the same night and worked. The same night. And then they tried to, like, rehash the fucking whole angle thing. With um, Aksushi Onita. They tried to play off of that. Like, that shit was just crazy. That was a crazy time. It was a few DVDs I had picked up. It was that. I had picked up um, Magnum TA. I never quit. That shit was kind of tough, too. Story on there. Um, and the third one I had picked up was Gentleman's Choice about Chris Adams. Like, he was a crazy okay. motherfucker. He was a wild, he was a crazy dude. He was a crazy dude. And it's like, if you look at the, the DVD, like, the people, you know, that spoke on it, they was like, well, that was his time. That was, like, the shit that happened to him was coming for him because he was doing a bunch of greaseball shit. He was, like, he yeah, was not a straight up dude. He was not a straight up dude. He did a bunch of greaseball shit that got him killed. And Who another one again? of those uh, gentlemen's choice. That's the name of Chris Adams, Chris the Adams. dude that trained uh, Stone Cold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then um, on the uh, behind the Titan Tron, they had the the whole shit up about the murder of Dino, Dino Bravo. Wasn't that like a Montreal Mafia thing? Yeah, that was a Montreal Mafia hit. He got hit right on his fucking couch with his daughter in the next room. Because after he had got fired from Vince, them dudes, was, uh, they, they, they got into like a cigarette ring and all that. So they were selling, uh, he was, you know, his uncle was like some big monster cat out of Montreal. And he got, you know, he got involved in like in his whole like ring to sell cigarettes. And some shit went wrong, a deal went wrong. He was supposed to do, and them dudes came and aired his ass out on his couch. His wife came home, found him with his mouth open. You know what I mean? On the couch. So when y'all get a chance, um, look into those those behind the Titan Tron joints. Like them shits is really, and I, it's like something I stumbled on late night, just rolling up. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? And I just end up watching about maybe like ten of them shits back to back. They had um the uh. The uh, race lawsuit with, uh, you know, that the shit that was, was in WCW at towards the end of it. All those guys that filed the um, lawsuit about the racism shit that was going on, that was happening. Oh, uh, yeah, Body exactly. Harrison and all these and all those cats like that, Sonny Ono and all those dudes. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't that like how a couple people got like, wasn't that how like, wasn't that the Stevie Ray giant contract? Thing or something he can. What was I don't know. Didn't Stevie Ray get a big contract off of some like I feel disrespected kind of shit? And it was like 
Yeah, it was. It was something similar to that. And then they had all these other cats. They was they was um calling for um that they wasn't getting treated unfairly, and I believe all of them got fucking paid from. Just like how they're going about this uh, this lawsuit now with all these, you know, multi-wrestlers, they can like, if those guys, that fucking money, that should have changed the game. Say that one more time, Mike. Those guys should have what, Mike? Let me lose them again. Still there. Up oh, there, dropped. Eh, well, we lost Mike. So, um, we did just get an email, and I'll uh, read this one from uh, J. Brone Newman. <laughs> and uh, the subject is why can't we get a black champion? Says this is Jay from Sin City. Would like to have this read on the non-VIP. So, yeah. Uh, I've been listening to y'all for about a year and a half now, and I must say you are one of the few that keep it real. Word. Thanks, Jay. We try. Thank you, sir. Um, <clears throat> my question for y'all both is, do you know, do y'all know if there ever, there's ever been any black writers in the WWE, and why can't we get any black get any black champions other than the New Day? I've been watching wrestling all my life, and it seems to me over the years that when they have a black wrestler that is over with the crowd, they don't know what to do with them other than make them into comedy acts or typical stereotypes of African-Americans. I'm a huge fan of WWE, but it would be nice to see a black wrestler get a push like a Roman Reigns or Kevin Owens. I mean, for what it's worth, TNA had Bobby Lashley be a champion for a while, uh, just as one example. Thanks, fellas. I'll be listening to this show. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's, like, on a on some kind of schedule, but, like, clockwork, we uh, we get the – and it's a, it's, a dec- it's a relevant question, but the idea mm-hmm. that there has never been a black champion is – Yeah. It's, it's just not true because – a guy named Dwayne Johnson. Let me say that again. There's a man named Dwayne Johnson. I mean, his name might as well be Leroy fucking Jenkins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that you know, whose dad name is Soul Man Rocky Johnson, who had an afro. <laughs> He was the champion, and a pretty successful yeah. champion. And, you know, he's doing some good things. He's doing some big to be, things. To be real, like, he's the champion in the last five years. Yeah, that was recent. Um, but first off, let me say this. The last black person I know for a fact to be on the creative team is Patrice O'Neill. Rest in peace. Yeah, that was in 299. That's the last name that I know. And he yeah. wrote for rock. So, or he wrote a lot of rock stuff. Um, and, but I can't say, like, you know, when Wade has guys come through the pipeline, like former writers, I think it has yet to be someone of color, unless, unless I'm missing somebody. Um, 
Yeah, not even that, uh, that seems to be, not even like a half Asian. Like just trying, like a stretch. That seems like, to be oh, less you know. prevalent. Yeah. yeah, that seems to be less prevalent than black black writers are less prevalent than black champions. Um, it was interesting you brought up Bobby Lashley because at the time, even though it wasn't on the same level, you got to remember they had you know, all three champions out there for Undertaker to choose from as far as who he wanted to face for the title. And <laughs> Lashley was one of those he guys. He Bobby Lashley like, yeah, no. <laughs> nah, dog. Nah, dog. Um, but, yeah, so. I, yeah, but it's, still, it's, again, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, we got to forget about Rock. I think we're doing, I think we do ourselves as people of color, as black men, a disservice when we don't include Absolutely. rock in this because I mean, you know, I mean I because I mean, black people themselves just want to be anything but of African descent. I yeah. got Indian in my family, you know that kind of attitude. So we don't yeah. help ourselves so, in, yeah, in that. I think, you know, <laughs> but I also you know, know then, um, I mean, shit. He's got he's got a, a on one half. He on on the other half, he's got uh, this giant. Uh, family heritage, uh, Samoan heritage, yeah. and it's like, yeah, his dad again, Rocky Soul Man, Rocky Johnson, with the afro, had a baby with this dark brown woman with this wide ass nose, you know, who just happened to be Samoan. Like the idea that he's anything but a fucking black man is just, it just upsets me every time we have to talk about it. Like that, there are people that have been like, yeah, but. Like, motherfucker, you live in America. Ain't, you know, I got 14% European blood in me. And there's people in, that are listening to this show, black people that are listening to black Americans, that have more if they were to do their DNA test. They would never even, uh, you know, nobody would look at them and be like, hmm, are you mixed or what are you going to, you know. So we all some fucked up, you know, <laughs> you know. Muddled, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, email though. So I don't think, I don't think we should assume the premise that he's not including Rock. Rock's also not. Well, he didn't say. So, well, can we can we be nice to the person who emailed us for the first time? Who who said we keep it real? We've been listening to Um, us for a year and a half. We keep it real. He know the deal. That's why I think. (laughs) That's why I think he wasn't assuming that we weren't including Rock. Um. But no, when we okay. talk about people currently like on the roster full time making their travel. Well, um, okay, you know it's difficult. Like, listen, listen. I've been watching wrestling all my life, and it seems to me over the years that when they have black a black wrestler that's over with the crowd, they don't know what to do with him other than make him a comedy actor or a stereotype. Um, unless he's I had twelve conversation with my brother. Um, yeah. About, because I, uh, I don't know how much you watch uh, sneaker shopping on Complex. And the New Day was on there. It was obviously today or yesterday. Uh, where they go to the sneaker shop in New York and they pick out, you know, I grew up loving these shoes and now I can afford them, so this is what I wear. And one thing he said about Big E was, he was like, yo, Big E looks a lot shorter just like hanging out than when he's not in all his gear and all his muscles. Like, he's not the tall guy. You know, they bill him at 5'11", which means to me Big E's probably my height, you know. So mm. I, I think Big E was a, a 
somebody they liked, a big muscle guy who I think worked out with Cena, so they were high on him. You know, there was good stuff about him, you know, NXT champ. But, you know, I think he got to the main roster. They didn't quite know what to do with him. Um, and, you know, we still kind of hope that he gets that shot. Hopefully, if, if, if I'm wrong, somebody I hope on one of these shows tells me one day, I feel like Kobe's push was derailed by Randy Orton for whatever reason. Um, you know, Xavier, who is over in a world and in a way that I think most wrestlers will not be, he really has an entire second audience. Um, you know, I just don't think he necessarily has the size. Like, there, there are things about the black wrestlers I feel like they have. Um, they're either really fresh or there are certain things that would keep them, you know, from being there. Like, I, you know, I, I have high hopes for a guy like Apollo Crews, but I also think, like, he's been, I mean, he's been pigeonholed. I think when they, I mean, they brought him up too fast and did not do enough with him. And, right. you know, it just didn't also, play out the way it should. Like, that. With him specifically, he, like, we've seen, like, people that have seen him on the indies, like, know he's got, you know, a certain level of charisma, and and mm-hmm. I just don't think they know how to bring that out and utilize it, and I, yeah. and I think they were on to something, and they are on to something with the Titus Worldwide stuff. It's just, mm-hmm. it's something that they can not, uh, you know, they get leftovers or they just don't get thought put into whatever they're doing, uh, uh, you know, week after week. And then with Titus, who is my man, who is, I think, one of the best people to ever come through WWE, um, he just is not quite a good enough wrestler to be yeah. on that main event Hard. level. Because he's got the look, he's got the size, he's got the charisma. Hard you know, just, to get into a thing. It's hard if I take it back to me and baseball again. I didn't start playing organized baseball until I was until I was fourteen. I had to learn how to play baseball basically at the high school level. That's just mm-hmm. you're not you might have some decent success in high school, but you know, I mean unless you're just a freak athlete or somebody that's got the time and and frankly the money for like, you know, personal lessons or training or whatever extra, you know, throughout the year besides just spring and summer, um, that's kind of where you're going to end. Because, sorry, this is something that you need to start playing when you're six because of various reasons, or for various reasons. Uh, Same thing with wrestling. Unless you're just, you know, and and, and, uh, DDP wasn't any of these things. It just happened to, you know, work for him. But unless you're just a freak athlete with just on the current angle level of absorption, you know, it's hard to come into wrestling at, what was he, 37? When, in, you know, yeah. uh, you know, thirty in his mid-30s coming in to learn wrestling, getting a basic performance mm-hmm. center or whatever it was at the time, training and then doing the NXT show, make it a win in the tightest we know from TV the last six years. And yeah, it's just that's <laughs> hard. Then you're not going to learn on WWE's watch and be that old and then be successful. That's just not going to. All those things are going to happen. It's like Boogeyman, like when he came in, as, you know, in that in that uh, <laughs> in that tryout, and they're like, "How old are you?" He's like, "I'm 30." 
and they got a hold of his damn license, and he said he was 40. Because like, he know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if I'm garbage at 30, like, they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, we've got 10 years to work with him. It's garbage at 40? Nah, get the fuck out of here. Oh, okay, come back, eat these more. And we'll put you on TV. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but, yeah, but appreciate the, that email, Jay Brown. Uh, don't be a stranger, and thanks for listening for the last year and a half. And tell us how you found us. Like, where, yeah, yeah, what happened a year and a half ago that, that, uh, that you came across us? So let's, uh... Also, to finalize yeah. it, you said that, uh, but let's, let's solidify it. They don't know what to do with black people. They don't know how to push a black person, like a black face, but him still maintaining an edge. Like, they don't know how to do it. So, you know, we hopefully they get over that. Like, it seems to be really difficult. You know, um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm optimistic. Uh. All right, let's head back to the phone lines and two one nine. As a reminder, friendly reminder, press one if you want to if you want to uh, if you want to talk to us and come on air. You have to press one on your on your keypad. And uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's go down south and uh, talk to Terrell. In Georgia. Um, what up, Darrell? Wow. Speaking of Georgia, I'm getting my memories on Facebook. It's coming up for season one of Atlanta because it was happening at this time last year. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking last year when the season ended, because I think it was, what, six, eight episodes? It just was over so quick. Uh, yeah, like, okay, um, yeah, so when season two, <laughs> you know, they signed season two, like episode two, the ratings were were were, were that good. Um, so it's like, all right, where the hell season year. two at? I'm getting my shits on my memory. Next year. Ne- next year. Next year. So wait, nope. like January or like the summer? Probably um, late spring. Well, you know, like, like for like a show like the Boondocks and stuff, it was like, all right, they want to take two damn well, three years moved. in between. Yeah, movies now. Of animation. I get how they got to do it. They're doing animation in Korea and blah blah blah, and they're doing the voice stuff here, and you know, it takes time. Like, come on, it's Atlanta. But he's a writer and director, though. Like, you know, <laughs> gotta... so write and direct that shit and star in it. Big deal. You're doing movies too. You're doing movies and other things too. Get your Star Wars money and and you're Lando Calrissian and and you and you 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 stay woke album. (laughs) How you guys doing tonight, man? Yeah. Cool. Travis got a um, I got a comic um. Recommendation for you, man. Something that you, I might think you might like. Not dealing with superheroes, yeah. real life type of stuff based in the 1970s. It's called the American Way. 
is a vertigo card uh, coming. Okay. The American pretty, way. Pretty the American way, yeah. I just started my, my, uh, Chew Volume 2. So. Yes, yeah, a Vertigo um, comic dealing with like political stuff, but from today mixed into the 1970s. So, mm. different how the world right changed. Uh, dang, I, I had it on my mind too because <laughs> I was yeah. going to make sure I said it first, but I forgot. But I can, I tweeted to you. I got a ring down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, I was listening to you guys, man. I'm a guy who loving what Enzo doing right now. I don't consider him a heel to to a point. Probably in between, more like an obnoxious asshole. Uh, obnoxious also asshole. known as a heel. How do you have an obnoxious <laughs> yeah, asshole and anything but a heel? But you know, <laughs> somebody described me that way. I'm not like, oh yeah, no, there's some middle room. But he's slapping the hands of the kids. The kids love him and everything like that. That's why his merch selling. The kids love him. He's slapping hands with the baby. Well, okay, 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 okay. He's been healed for three days. Like, I'm not saying, he, you know, like, he just turned healed, like, for crying out loud. He did a good job. He's been acting the same way. He's been acting the same way his whole career. He just turned it up to, like, 100,000. He ain't changed nothing. I mean, except turning it up to a hundred thousand. You can't be like going thirty-five and then go ninety-five and be like, I didn't change anything. Like, yeah, no, he put sixty miles on. Like, that's that's a major change. Even when they were face against face, but I got a little point. Yeah, he's been doing this for the longest, man. Not 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 afraid to show himself to a married woman. Meet her in the hotel. He's been doing this for a while now, so (laughs) it just turned up even more. Yes. Yeah, so I like it. You know, it brings eyes to the people. You know what I'm saying? It makes people want to see him get beat even more. People want to pay to see him get beat more than what you'll want to pay to see Never get beat because Never was the wrestler's wrestler. So it's good to see the non-wrestler. Just a new age twist to the hunky-tonk, man. That's all. Uh, is it real quick? Is it Amer the American way or just American way? The American way. Hmm. Man, the library doesn't have it. Yeah, like I said, it's a it's a Vertigo um comic. You know, Vertigo on the DC. So you have to check. Vertigo, they deal with more reality-based comics. Okay. Yeah, there are a lot of books with American American Way in the title. Cooking the American Way. D-Day, the American Way. It's it's just the American Way. I I, I can send you a link later to it. Yeah, yeah, no, do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. Um, 
Terrell, can you uh, be the person who comes on here and talks about uh, Roman and, and Lesnar since we have not talked about the, the title match, the main event of the paper meeting that happened? You talking about Strowman and um, that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, is um like Strowman and Lesnar, um, and a couple other matches. Um, I hate it. I hate it for Strowman. You know what I'm saying? It was an okay match, but you know, it's like where do you go with this type of guy? And I find out that's another reason why I think it's bad to have Brock as champion when you in the when you in the same time trying to clog up the system with the push of Roman. It hurt people like Roman who should get a chance to run with the title or chase the title for a while and stuff like that. When you you just use him as a stepping stone. At least he didn't lose none of his heat. I don't know what y'all thought about the match. I thought it was fine. No, no, I thought it was it was good. It was cool. Yeah, it was good. Especially, especially another um Strowman like highlighted main event, like super highlighted main event, last match on the card. The uh, show all together was okay. It wasn't a great show, but it was an okay show from top to bottom. I thought the show was fucking I, awesome. Like certainly was just a ton of action in every match. Yeah, yeah, but I was just saying, man, to me, to me, it wasn't. Because, look, they oh, Eric have, Young, you dumbass. You want you wonder where they're going with a lot of this stuff. Like now, you finna continue the brave Finn feud, <sighs> the feud that's gonna never be over. Um, Idiot. What you finna do? Yeah, what, you what's gonna be the hard way? Oh, and I'm not going to interrupt you, Darrell, but yeah, when you have a show with no title changes, it does kind of feel like everything's just going to get ran back. Like, there's no, you know, I don't know, closure on anything, or even if there's closure, like, you just uh, don't feel like anything significant really took place. Like, hey, what you're saying? Uh-huh. Then your next pay view is TLC. Who's going to be in the TLC match? <laughs> Who's going to main event that show? Oh, where we Well, it's TLC SmackDowns. No, Raw is TLC. No, Raw is TLC. TLC comes Right, because that's Raw is showing this Right, SmackDown's Hell in a Cell, and then there's TLC. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Brock ain't. Uh... Then Brock ain't gonna be there. They don't got Brock Strowman ain't listed on there yet. <laughs> I guess um, uh, Roman Miz for the IC title, or is that next week? That's actually this. Yeah, this that's week. next week. But you know they can they can push it on. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Miz get out of there by hook or by crook, but. Hopefully they don't build to no Shield versus Mist Rod because I don't want to see that. What do you mean? Hopefully <laughs> you don't see that shit coming a mile away. <laughs> I I see it coming. I see it coming. That's why I said hopefully. That's why I said hopefully. My whole thing is my whole thing is this right here. I know y'all were talking about Roman earlier and him doing better on the sticks. Yeah, he did better. My whole thing is that I this is already leading up to what we already know that's coming. Roman versus Brock. They even 
having people like Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe, lose to one F5 so they can try to so-called build it up. So when Roman, who kicked out of five, four AAs or five AAs and hit one yeah, Superman yeah. punch and spear and beat John Cena clean. So they building that up too. So when Roman hit the one Superman punch and spear on Brock Lesnar, what Brock took eight of those a couple of years ago, and he gonna kick out a one F five and beat Brock. It's John, <laughs> and, you know, it's John not the same doing push ups. <laughs> but the whole well, thing is the whole the whole thing is <laughs> what I seen from that night probably be different than a lot of other people. I seen it as the end, uh, like uh, coming like an end of an era or just the end of. Uh, 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 the the new decline, the new decline of of Raw, uh, WWE to a point. As you can see, for the past five weeks for both shows, Raw and SmackDown, you see in, um attendance, so much stuff, blacked off, tarped off, everything, and it's keep and continuously going. These are not house shows; these are TV shows where you think they get more attendance than house shows because everybody want to get their five minutes of fame or put up a sign. So you're not even getting those people off. So what that tells me, you're not even um, inspiring people to want to come out and see your show and losing interest in your whole product. No, that might seem harsh to blame it on somebody like Roman, but he is the number one guy who they're pushing, and he is clogging up the system. It's different than when John Cena, everybody say John Cena kept people down. But you remember how many people had a chance at the top when Cena was on top, had a chance to run with the belt numerous of times, had a chance to see if they could draw, do whatever they could. Right now, you have nobody. It's the Roman Reigns show. You know everything's preparing for him to get his shot and his run with the title all over again. It's just a bunch of one-offs until we get that crowning moment or that passing of the torch, as everybody been saying. Well, he been passed the torch more than the Olympic the Olympic torch been passed. So it, it, it it's clogging up the whole thing, and it's driving interest away. Because whether you build stories, like Finn and Bracian keep feuding, that feud should have been over, and that should have been something that built on, like, Finn Balor's resume as a reason why he's going up, and he should get another title shot. But you can't do that when that main event scene is crowded so nobody else can be billed. And then it hurt the other show because they try not to build people up on SmackDown to be big enough to be seen as a main event of WrestleMania. So they hurt them in the long run. So you get this long gender run. Uh, you don't get the AJ long title run because if AJ right. still had the title from last year, you would have been thinking oh main event of Mania. Yeah, could you imagine? I mean, it, I bet if there could, yeah, just just the options if you have AJ as the years long champion. Just yeah, you already top three in merchandise sales. Think about if he had that year long title reign. You couldn't. You can't tell me he wouldn't be number one. And then that that hurt their plans for having Roman Reigns as the man. And then I know Bruce liked to say um, having Brock with the title is building the title, 
But no, it's not because you really can't build Tyler Fuse. You can't build another contender because he's not at every pay-per-view. I don't say he got to be at every Monday night show, but he at least can be on every pay-per-view. He can be like, you can you got Paul Heyman, one of the best people who can get that over. My The Beast Incarnate don't have to be at every show. Just line me up a contender, line him up a contender, and he'll take him to Suplex City at the pay-per-view. And boom, nobody would question it. You can build up fuse, and boom, you can continue on. Right. I mean, just, just the real-life part of that is you have to pay them. <laughs> and they're just, you know, there's a reason he's not on every show because they're not going to pay him to be on every show or every pay-per-view. Um, and he can say that. And it would work if everybody else was on that same pace. If everybody else, you know, like, it's great that Brock gets to be on the 1989 TV, Hulk Hogan TV schedule, but... Everybody else is not on that nineteen ninety and nineteen eighty nine TV schedule either. If we only saw Braun Strowman twice a month, and saw Brock the other once a month, and Samoa Joe or whoever, not one other, you know, top heel or something, the other, you know, and we wouldn't. Yeah, it's just Brock gets one schedule and everybody else gets the other. I mean, that's, that's and they could, they could do, they could do that if you think they've been using this same format that they've been having since the Monday Night Wars. That's over twenty years ago. Yes, people complain about the three-hour show, but they got eighty superstars on Raw. If you split that down to forty, and this forty for this week, the next forty for next week, and you and you just save like two of your big main eventers and make sure they always main a bit in the third hour, and you build a show up to them, you can give storylines to people and see where it goes and see how I run and see can they build up momentum organically and then see who can get hot where it won't seem like somebody like Jason Jordan who being forced and don't get a reaction because you immediately throwing him into the woods without building him up first and letting him catch on by himself, not seeming like some industry back on when you already got a crazy story about him having a lost daddy and um, Kurt Angle when you out here trying to be real in other stories and having people saying what the dirt sheet say. Ain't nobody going to believe that story. Right. Yeah, you got you got all these shooty McShoot lines and everybody's be, you know trying to trying to blur the lines, and then here you got this completely instantly verifiable thing, you know, that we can find out, uh, you know, like, oh, that's not, that's just an angle. That's just an angle. But over here you're going all. You could do it. You had them split up. Even though they, they both on Monday, you had them split up. Like, the week that Roman them doing all of that, Jason Jordan ain't on. But he on the next week, and he got a big spotlight the next week. You could tell stories and get people hot. But they've been using this same format for, for 20 years. And I know people complain about that third hour, but they don't use it right because they don't use everybody. They don't just try to build up everybody and see who catches and get hot. Then you might have your two or three guys who seem super hotter than the rest, and you let them slowly grow organically and start pushing them on the side because everybody know when WWE get behind something, they know how to get it over except if they're trying to find a new lead babyface who they can put the machine behind and can't get over because they do it all wrong. 
that's why I never would complain about the third hour because if they use more people and build the show right to um, climax oh, yeah. in the third hour, you keep people. Remember not using the in same 2012, stuff. like having those kind of, oh, well, the tag division can finally, like, you know, get fleshed out and and then and, and this division and, uh, you know, the, the women can get more. You know, I guess that's the one thing that's, Blossomed in the three-hour era of Raw is the women, but, it's, but I don't. I, just, but I think that has more I just don't think. I think if the show was still two hours, the same revolution and all of that just was inevitable. I just you know the type of the women they had in the pipeline and their and what was happening in society and Ronda Rousey's rise to prominence. It had nothing to do with. Oh, we got another hour to fill. It was more. This is a thing that's culturally culturally relevant. Let's 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 strike. Um, but yeah, I remember those conversations. It's like, oh yeah, this division's gonna be better, and that division's gonna be better, and storylines are gonna be able to slow down, and you know, man, whatever. And it never quick, happened. Um, real quick, Darrell, uh, so that. The American Way, so I'm on the Wikipedia page, um, says this, this, uh, the series represents represents a skewed parallel history of America where the U.S. government created its own superpowered heroes, quotes, and villains, quotes, uh, in the early 40s. The U.S. government hatched a plan to create the Civil Defense Corps, a group of supposed, quote-unquote, superheroes who could fight alien invasions, evil superpower beings, and communism, all in front of an adoring public courtesy of television. When an African-American hero named the New American isn't so new about him, the New American is inserted in 1962 into 1962's premier super team, The Turmoil Begins. And then uh, it says uh, John Ridley, the writer, stated his inspiration was President Lyndon Johnson's wish to include uh, an African-American in the Mercury Space Program. So that's something I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. George Johnson and, and, and the Space Program. But, um, that's it. yeah, this seems uh, pretty cool. It's only eight issues, so I assume two volumes. But they don't yeah, have that the library. Which sucks. But yeah, no, that definitely sounds like something I'd uh I could enjoy. So yeah. Yeah, man, especially with Appreciate the times that's going on today. So Yeah. <laughs> so you can do that. Well my whole thing about going off on that you guys was because it all leads up to this and then now the two ways that you can save people is well if they're not working out, turn him heel, turn him heel. It'll work. He'll work out then if you only turn him heel. Uh, move him uh, raw, move him to SmackDown. He'll work. Then we done seen people who done got moved over. That was the whole cry for Sami Zayn. He need to move to SmackDown. And he on SmackDown, and they brought it up this week. He still ain't doing nothing. <laughs> he still ain't doing nothing. The whole cry last year was, hey, they need to turn Cesaro heel. They need to turn him heel because soon when they turn him heel, he's going to break out. He's going to be a breakout star. They turn him heel, he ain't a breakout star. Like, that's the answer for everything. 
turn Roman heel. Yep. He's gonna he gonna he gonna he gonna draw interest. He's gonna bring him in. He gonna everybody gonna like him. But you constantly seeing that people going away. They losing. They losing. They can't. <laughs> that what made his lines that he sell tickets even worse because they ain't having sellouts. They ain't selling out shows like when Austin was on top. They 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 tarping out. He should have said, "We out here tarping out, man. I'm selling tickets. What tickets? All and him tickets. turning heel gonna bring more interest. Gonna bring interest in. Gonna make people come back who don't even want to watch it. Don't even want to show up. Yeah, they might get them sold outs on those special shows like the Rumble or WrestleMania or stuff like that. When the last time you heard them on Raw announce the attendance? Just last year, damn near every Raw they were announcing the attendance." We all we gotta sell out uh, this and that. They don't even do that no more. They used to do it at every pay per view. They don't even do that no more. Less than at the big ones when they know they have a sellout. When they doing the four day weekend, four five day weekend. Yeah. I mean. mm, yeah. I, I just, you I just said that because people, people, because people say, "Well, let's just go ahead and let Vince get it out of his system and see, um, and do this whole Roman Reigns Brock thing and let it go, and then we can move on from there." But maybe we should be thinking like, if he go ahead and go through this, this could um, be the end of it and hurt them. Well, it take them ten years just to recover. Maybe that's not the right idea. Because keep doing the same thing over and over again, that's the definition of insanity. You knew two after two weeks of doing the same thing. You see that with Jason Jordan. They done been how long? About three weeks? It still ain't working. I don't care what you add to it. It ain't working. Trash it. Find something else. Put him to the side. Let him grow back and organically by himself find, so the fans can find something that they like about him interesting. And then when you see it start buzzing up again, then you start slowly pushing them back on the scene. It's like when you're taking somebody off uh, off of the um, disabled list, a picture. You don't bring that picture back and have him throwing uh, 180 pictures. You're going to blow his arm out. You bring him back slow. Damn, you don't have nobody. Guys who... <laughs> okay, I'm fresh Damn. <laughs> well, um, well, I'm from the age of um, Greg Maddox and all them. They threw a lot of pitches because they Greg Maddox were, uh, wasn't contact. throwing no 180 pitches. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But I'm just back in my day. <laughs> Who was the coach? Uh, <laughs> coach. Uh, that's some shit the coach from Varsity Blues would do. Right. Coach, my shoulder. Uh, oh, John, you know, I got John, a little. Boy, got these boys that, out here wilding out. Selling 180 pictures today. I don't give a fuck. Kilmer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking Kilmer. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I was saying, man. Like, you got to start. I don't think that Cena, Cena put on a hell of a show on that match. He put on a hell of a match. I think he Did carried he, them both through that match. Because all we seen Roman do was kick out of. Um, all the AAs possible, the super AAs. All we seen Roman do, like he wasn't in the match too. Damn, Roman yeah, did. He was in the match. That's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, like in general, 
in general statement, they didn't let him be able to tell a story if I if I have to say it like that. They didn't allow him to tell a story in the ring that was um that could build that could build something from behind it so people wouldn't continue on be mad at him. Let him tell a story in the end it. Stop with all the um the finishing move kick out because we know what you're building to to the him yeah. kicking no, out no, the I fire. If he's gonna kick out, let it be like, like if they don't have the first two. If they don't have the first two attitude adjustment sequences, uh, and the super attitude adjustment was the first one he kicked out of, and then he kicked out of the two, that would that would have been wow. But enough, he didn't need to kick out of two single AA earlier. Then kick out of a super, you know, middle rope or you know, super AA, and then a double rolling AA. It's just, yeah, it's just too much. I let him uh, reverse the double AA um, <laughs> to something at least to tell a better story, in, a, a better in ring story. Back when AJ did it, when when Cena hit him with the super AA and all this stuff, the story that they were telling in the ring before all of that happened made you captivated when you seen AJ kick up out of that and stuff like that. Even when he went up against Nakamura and then before he could hit the rollover, um, AA Nakamura reversed it and then they told the story that way. That's my whole problem of, of the match. The match was okay, but the storytelling in the match, and that's what make people get mad at Roman because of the people in the back don't make the match more appealing for people like God you just gonna have them kick out all these AAs but if they were told the story it wouldn't have been that problem. And then when he do kick out of the L five I guess at Romania, it'll mean even a little bit more and not, oh this is something that we've been seeing. They've been telling us he's gonna do this for the past eight, nine months now. That's why the finish to Braun Strowman to go back to the Braun Strowman match was seem abrupt and all of a sudden because they ain't telling the story right. He did he did um some more Joe the same way. Quick F five one two three. People was expecting a kick out because they seen it earlier that night. But you ain't telling the story that the F five is just that dominant put you down because we seen Goldberg kick up out of it. <laughs> he Goldberg was the opponent before these two. Goldberg is that man. Goldberg not afraid of no F five. He's different. I don't mind one F5 getting the job done because then, again, if we're in the Roman Reigns business, Roman Reigns is going to kick out of an F5. And, you know, it's going to be what it is. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah. And then he's going to get the other torch passed to him finally by Brock Lesnar. He just got one passed to him from Cena, raised his hand, I guess, after he beat Brock. We're going to see the beast. Raise his hand and be like, you the man now, baby. He's going to have all the torches, absolutely. <laughs> he got all the rings. Matter of fact, he held Jordan right now. When held Jordan turned crazy and turned into <laughs> parallax, he held Jordan. He getting all the Green Lantern oh, rings. His name, that boy's name is Roman Parallax. That's what his name is. I'm okay with that. <laughs> My man Roman Reigns, all the, all the titles. Mandarin Reigns, getting it done. Mm-hmm. 
He finna make, instead of Mandarin City, it's finna be that Roman Empire City. How you like me now? There you go. I'm hyped now. I need this to happen. <laughs> and I'm lost. So, um. I'm ready for it, boy. So, all right, we, we, damn, we way over the end of the damn show. So, uh, all right, get the hell out of here. We'll talk to you next week. All right, peace out, man. Cool. All right, that does it for uh, this here, this week. Uh, you know what, just to be a nice guy. What's happening, Boris? How you doing? What's going on, guys? Is, Not much. That What's the man? Nope, nope, you were on the show. Uh, I can tell you Boris was on the show. <laughs> we didn't wow. ignore him. <laughs> Yeah. It's 20 goddamn two, man. I'm gonna do some shit before me and Rich gotta do the damn VIP. So, um, so that's right. it. I appreciate all y'all's time and energy and your emails and your calls. Thanks, Cam, for for uh, for your co-hosting ship. Uh, we'll be back next week, same same blog talk time, same blog talk channel. Uh, so you free folks, we'll see y'all next week. VIPers, click over to the VIP portion. We're We'll be uh, answering an email about uh, extraterrestrials, and I'll be getting probably, uh, you know, super esoteric and shit in that one, and, you know, I'm going to roll something up beforehand, so I'm going to really be, like, uh, way out there. Um, Yeah, and then we'll get maybe hopefully something from Craig and definitely something from Brian, he said, so... So, yeah, so join us in VIP if you are a vip -er. Um Again, thanks, everybody, and uh, talk to you all next week. We out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.